Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
Welcome to Force Center. We are still and always from the center of the galaxy. It's been quite a weekend for me, but also it's fun to change things up. I'm Ken Napsuck. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And we're here with the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. That's still around. This is Force Center episode 190, Joseph. 190? Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of talking Star Wars. Yeah, when I was uh, looking at the notes and realizing it was uh, episode 190, mm-hmm. I did some counting. If if everything you know works out the way I think, I think uh, episode two hundred will be our review reaction to Rise of Skywalker. Where insane, I? right? The force works mysterious ways. <laughs> it's that's balance, awesome. man. Balance. Because I was thinking, you know, naturally, big number. You want to celebrate? Do something fun? We did for one hundred, and that's big enough. Yeah, that's really big. so. We'll do a seven-hour episode. Wow, Good. <laughs> look forward to that, everybody. Today's episode, the bleeping balance of the force. We're going to dive in as we can uh, do here, as we can only do at Force Center to the uh, video of Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, the highlights, uh, maybe even some lowlights, some questions, and some enlightenment, and just some amusement. That that's coming up, but today we want to remind you that the podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. As always, we like to catch up on adventures. Uh, and there was a lot this weekend for both of us. Uh, we actually got to socialize outside of Star Wars. Yeah, it was Which usually lovely. turns to Star Wars at some point. <laughs> it absolutely does. Uh, thank you for attending. You and Sarah attended my Halloween housewarming, and we uh, were very happy to have you there. It was so great, because I like uh, you and Grace. I like your house. Yeah. I like Halloween. I like Star Wars. Uh, those things were all happening. All oh, alcohol. I also do like alcohol. A little bit. So many of my favorite things all under one roof. A lot of fun. Uh, that wasn't all you did. I'm sure you did some more things this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for kind of direct Star Wars adventures, uh, yeah. stayed up late and watched Star Wars Resistance. Uh, because mm-hmm. right now in this market uh, on Spectrum Cable, it used to be available on demand just like a get up on Sunday morning. It was fun. Right. Like, ooh, Sunday morning cartoons. I'll watch Resistance. Now this uh, this thing that is, you know... For kids, yeah. as well as adults, <laughs> airs at 10 p.m. So yeah. I stayed up and watched uh, Star Wars Resistance. Uh, just wanted to mention it quickly yeah. because we were not going to do a whole review of the episode or anything, but fascinating to see it getting caught up with Star Wars canon of the sequel trilogy. Uh, for those of you who are watching, if you don't want a spoiler, but it catches up with uh, they arrive at Dakar right mm. after the battle in Last Jedi. So it's really great to start uh, connecting it. Now, almost everything in this episode felt deeply connected to Star Wars canon. So for the kind of fan that wants mm. wants to see it all connect, uh, Star Wars Resistance is, is working its butt off for you. Uh, that's awesome. I have to admit, I I, I, I missed the episode because I, and i obviously going to watch it on, on tape or whatever, but um, on tape. <laughs> you uh, going to yeah. travel back in Pop time. Pop in a tape. Get that Betamax of Star Wars <laughs> Resistance. Rewind it. Uh, there's going to be uh, random MTV videos taped on it. Star Wars Resistance and the Bangles. Wow. <laughs> And, and Delamichu's roll to me video. Love that. Um, yeah, uh, I just I haven't gotten back in the habit yet. You know, the show right. come back and it's like, oh, yeah, I got I, I got to watch that and I want to watch it. But that's great information you you uh, you shared there. They're 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 catching up with the events. And catching up. It's, it's feeling really, really cool. I think it's really going to have its uh, foot on the gas this season. So I'm excited about that. That's uh, great. Yeah. And then uh, for just weird life stuff that makes me think about Star Wars when I wouldn't think about it. Uh, my wife and I went to the downtown uh Los Angeles Public Library, mm. which I have never been to. My wife went like a month after we got here and uh, got her uh, actual library card. Gotcha. Uh, and she's been checking out Star Wars books to read that nice. we own because she 
doesn't want to, you know, bend any of the pages <laughs> <laughs> and make me go, my book's not mint condition anymore. Uh, yeah, but it was, it's, uh, yeah. if, if you've never been, it's just a beautiful old yeah. building that feels like a sort of tribute to knowledge. And it, it made me think of the Jedi <laughs> Temple. It's, uh, that, that's, oh, really yeah. it. that's really what it comes down to. It's, <laughs> a uh, tribute to knowledge. It's got weird, weird statues, you know, yeah. you know knowledgeable people holding books like <laughs> knowledge matters and just like, yeah, I'm sure an earthly Jocasta knew running around. Indeed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. Well, how close is that? Is is that to Union Station? I've never been to. That oh, one. it's a, it's a little bit of a walk from Union from Station. Union? It's okay. right by Pershing Square, so you can gotcha. take the metro right there. It's like a block. Gotcha. Block uh, downtown away. L.A. Man, a lot of uh, wonderful little uh, historic spots. Yeah, a lot of great stuff going on in downtown Los Angeles. When I was mm-hmm. a kid, the library was essential to mm-hmm. Star Wars. Uh, love because yeah. before long before I speaking of tapes long before I had any VHS yeah they would show Star Wars just on a loop so oh, like yeah. I, I wouldn't have time to sit down and watch it but like A New Hope it would I'd just be like which part of A New Hope is playing because it was you know it was so unknowable you yeah. not unknowable but on you didn't have access to it right yeah you didn't know so I, yeah I remember like oh I hope it's gonna be the lightsaber fight when we go to the library today. My I love going to libraries uh, as a kid, and uh, I had fun recently. I helped my my friends uh, a librarian over oh, nice. in the valley, LA uh, library system, and it was so fun to go back and just see kids. And, and that's where I read like the Lando adventure novels. Oh, yeah, yeah, and they had like a little carpet felt covered bathtub i'd crawl into <laughs> and when my mom was off reading uh, books or whatever she was doing i'd lounge just in there. the bath yeah. and read lando at the yeah. public library exactly That's, uh, so yeah it's funny star, star wars and libraries yeah yeah they feel connected to me yeah. so uh, yeah that's it for my adventures anything well, you had a massive party we did a massive party uh that the getting ready for the party is is uh takes a lot out of you <laughs> uh, but we got there and uh, i was very happy uh, that my fire pit worked fire pit was great and i was I, I was able to stoke the flames like a good Ewok and keep it going the whole night. And uh, it, it, it couldn't have been more fun. And uh, everyone that showed up. And I, I always have a weird cross-section of friends. Yeah. And so there's little pockets. And it's always been that way. And I like it. Actually, it's a point of pride of like, hey, I got a lot of friends, a lot of different points of uh, life, points of my life come up here. So I, I, there was one guy there I hadn't seen in 15 years. Oh, wow. Physically. Like we yeah. talk. He actually does some music for my, my podcasts. Uh uh, but to see him and, and uh, an old friend of mine who, you know, used to be roommates and uh, and he, we they were all friends. And so it was weird. It was nice. a weird circle. And uh, you get to meet people that, you know, normally uh, that I'm always ah, I'm going with my friend Owen. And now uh, you get to really hang oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Owen. Nice chat with Owen. Of, and- a lot of fun. And I got a good I got housewarming gifts. I got a I got a tequila gun. <laughs> from uh, Jen Murrow. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> uh, and then uh, my friend David Moore got me, th- uh, me and Grace, uh, Thumb, uh, Jedi, the Thumb Wars book. <laughs> so a gig, I know, you know, housewarming, you move, moved in together in case you need to settle feuds, take it to the Thumb Wars. <laughs> I appreciate that. And then uh, our friend uh, Jeff May, a uh, comedian, a podcaster, showed up. And brought me an original Return of the Jedi Kenner line carded Tebow. Oh, nice. Which was from his collection that he had to get rid of because oh. he was moving. Okay. <laughs> but he's like, if I'm going to get rid of something, I'm going to give you He brought you his Tebow. Yeah. I saw your Tebow, and yeah. I was like, I didn't remember Ken having a Tebow. Jeff but showed there up was. with it. 
good. That's awesome. I uh, went down to LA Comic Con uh, yesterday, uh, met some uh, folks out there. I love going to LA Comic Con. Uh, I was on a few couple panels. Our friend Bonnie Burton was on. I was on one with her. Bonnie's always great. Uh, has wonderful uh, 10 years plus of Lucasfilm stories. Oh, yes. Uh, that are some not fit to print. Um, <laughs> spectacular. But our, my friend Owen Mugen, uh, a producer, uh, who you had met at the party, uh, and you may have met before, but you really, I think... That was the first time we talked talk. in person, I think, yeah. He and his eight-year-old son, Jack, who's a big Star Trek fan, but also Star Wars, and was... He's been to conventions before, but we went there, and I met them on the floor after the panel, and his son was... Uh, Jack was dressed as Spider-Man. Nice. And... Yeah, you know, I'm not saying we're jaded, but you and I go to so many cons a year and so many cons now in our lives, and you even longer than I have. You get a little like, yeah, these are the same vendors. That's Bob. He runs the T-shirts. That's yeah. Carl. Uh, he sells the Funko Pop wall. Like, you know, you just kind of walk around. To go around with an eight-year-old who is like, <laughs> Dad, look, they got a Darth Maul. Dad, look, they got. And he's a big Star Trek fan. And I, this is something I wanted to talk to you about. You, you, um, you know, you're a Star Wars guy, but I think you, you, you respect Star Wars, like uh, Star Trek like I do. Oh, yeah, I like Star Trek yeah, a you, lot. But you go to these conventions. That, when you're looking for it, Star Trek seems very underrepresented at some of these cons. Oh, yes. Yeah. Where, where does that come from? What do you think that is? A conspiracy to keep the... <laughs> we finally found... The stuff's there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, but you got to look for it. Yeah, I'm not talking about necessarily cosplay, but stuff for sale. Art. There's superheroes, there's Marvel, there's Star Wars. Yeah. Star Trek we had to search for. Yeah, I think uh, to, to me, I got the, my immediate thoughts are that there's a great episode of the Netflix show that you and I both like, uh, the the toy one. What, what the hell is it? The, toys and Made Us? The Toys yeah, and Made yeah, yeah. So They the, document it really well. Star Trek just never could make the toys hit in mm. the 80s the way Star Wars did. And I think yeah. the toys... And all the merch hitting the way it did is obviously a huge part of Star Wars story, but it's also self-perpetuating, right? I have a table full of Star Wars action figures Mm -hmm. because I have a relationship with Star Wars action figures going back since I was a child. Star Trek only ever really managed to do that with that Playmates line in the 90s, 2000s, but it isn't like, oh, hey, Star Trek Discovery comes out and everybody's natural expression is to buy merch to celebrate the yeah. love of that. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a possibility just like the relationship between Star That's Wars different. is merch is a part of Star Wars. Yeah. And merch so. has never managed to lock onto Star Trek with the same amount of power. I like and I also think that Star Wars, uh, just by the numbers, yeah. reaches out past the nerd community. Yeah. Like when I was living in the, the dark times of, mm-hmm. <laughs> of nerdery mm-hmm. and growing up, like Star Wars and Star Trek were the big two. And I was openly mocked and, and uh, yeah. rejected for liking Doctor Who. Cause that was <laughs> a weird outlier. Right. Uh, but by now, those fan groups. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think sometimes we have this like Star Wars, Star Trek, they're the two yeah. big ones, but in the grand mm. scheme of things, numbers wise, yeah. Star Trek has n- never been as large in its viewership as Star Wars. Uh, makes sense. It all makes sense. I just never paid attention because I'm running around looking for Star Wars. Yeah, you got, if you're like, I yeah. want, you know, especially more modern merch, yeah. you know, it, yeah, it's harder your to find, you know? Like, Dad, there's no Star Trek. We, we finally found he, he He picked up one of the Enterprises. Oh, good, a, good. A $15 toy. Yeah. How to explain to a fi- eight-year-old <laughs> that 15 uh, might be too much for this plastic toy. But, uh, <laughs> anyways, that's all adventures. But not uh, those are our adventures. Uh, our pal and uh, co-host here, Jennifer Landa, uh, was uh, making some fun stuff on YouTube, Joseph. Yeah, that's right. She put out a pumpkin design that you can make it look like Leia without having to carve the pumpkin, <laughs> which for me, I like the idea. Idea of carving a pumpkin, but I don't want to pull out all that 
crap. Yeah. Almost swore. <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr.'s uh, <laughs> influence. Uh, yeah, so I uh, just wanted to give a shout out. She put a great video up on YouTube uh, on how to uh, make this. And it was really fun. I saw on Twitter. She uh, she posted it. Uh, we retweeted it on the Force Center site. And then I was looking at the comments and someone from StarWars.com had, had responded going, uh, Jennifer Lip. Let us know next time. <laughs> so we want to share your pumpkins. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Jennifer does great stuff. Yeah, yep. so, yeah, go check it out on her YouTube page. It's Jennifer Landa on YouTube. Please do that. And yep, we are waiting for her to come back to the uh, command bridge here, but we are also not rushing her. She also posted a great picture of her of her uh, little uh, fresh-to-the-world Padawan. It was a great, great picture. So great. That baby cheering on a Star Wars blanket, it yeah. looked like. Oh, my gosh. It was the best. It was the best. Beautiful. Uh, in honor of Jennifer, we're going to move on to the news. Uh, so this is, uh, I don't know, Joseph, there's some, there's some interesting stuff here. Yeah, there's some tidbits. But it's going to take us uh, to different little areas here. Let's let's dive into this. Uh, this is the tales of the trailer rumors. We know without a, uh, without a doubt, the trailer is coming soon, just based on the marketing timelines yeah. and past uh, experiences, all those kind of things. We, we know that. The idea of when it is... Let me start there with you, Joseph. Push uh, push this back to you there. I I don't think it's it's a fun news tidbit, but it's not a big news tidbit. Yeah, we know it's coming. I do want to know when to prepare my life. More yeah, than yes, I appreciate the journalistic work that many people have done, uh, yeah. friends of the show included. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, it's great to figure it out and great to get a scoop. But this is also one of the ones where I take a deep breath and step back. Like it's probably going to come out this month. <laughs> Time moves really fast, and in a very few weeks. It won't matter it w- so, which day it's coming out. So, right, I emailed someone. I said, yeah, let's get you on uh, the Knapsack Files podcast. Let me look at some dates. Oh, the next date to have are November. Oh, <laughs> no, the year's done. So, yeah, the trailer is is, is coming here. But this is – it exploded uh, because uh, the folks at Star Wars News Net, uh, John Hoey ran a story uh, based on – in large part off of a tweet. But they – I'll say this. Uh, John and I, I saw John tweet out before that October 14th was the date, and, and then – but it was I, it was a tweet. It wasn't a story. It's just a tweet. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, it could be out of context. And I think they do a great job, Star Wars News. Now. They do. And uh, then they ran a tweet based off of uh, Black Series Rebels, or our friends, friends of the show, Steve Ellis, Alex Backus. Uh, Alex runs the social, and uh, he had tweeted out something saying, hey, take it to the bank October 21st. Now, Black Series Rebels aren't a news site. They're a YouTube channel. But they're, they're two industry professionals, uh, as, as the term I, I joke, and Steve always laughs when I use that term. <laughs> but they, they, they produce, they work, and they have a lot of friends in the business. And so I think something might have sparked that kind of yeah. tweet. Because it's very weird for them to suddenly be like, we've got a news scoop. <laughs> yeah, because normally they're like, they don't. <laughs> hey, here, here are some pins and some jokes. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Great pins indeed. Um, and so Star Wars Newsnet ran that story. And then I'm just running through this, Joseph, and we'll dive in. Yeah. Then I think a day or two later, John Boyega's agent, Femi Ogans. Which, come on. Star Wars, Star Wars name, right? Come on. What Legends novel was that name for? <laughs> uh, posted on Instagram, I do believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was Instagram. That it was uh, that the trailer was coming out October 14th. Now, none of this, we're assuming Monday Night Football. That's where they've done it before. Right. ABC property on the 21st. There's a bigger game. Patriots playing, more people watching. Uh, I don't know if that necessarily would factor into Lucasfilm, Disney's timeline, yeah. but it's something to keep there. John Boyega then tweeted out that he didn't know. 
but not mentioning his agent by name, but just said, <laughs> "Hey, I don't know. We'll wait. Uh, we'll wait for that." Uh, and there were some funny responses to him, and yeah. uh, which he responded, "I'm just an actor, and you should uh, you've e- emailed the wrong person. Yes, um, or go email the right." Person. It seemed to me a very uh, patient but firm. Hey, hey. It'll come out and it'll be exactly. real good. Don't worry about it. No official announcement is here, but like I said, uh, yet we are close. We're close. So uh, go, going back to this professionally, Joseph, I think yes. we'd like to know so we can plan our evening accordingly if it's on a Monday night. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to know when it is so we can just be prepared to leave the time to let it sink in, to watch it 17 times, to you know record. And then also if that is the day that the tickets go on sale. That's, That's right. the thing that really, really matters, mm-hmm. I, I think, because for those of us who are hardcore fans and want to see it uh, four times that weekend and want to yeah. get into one of the first showings and get in you know, the seats you like if you're at a theater where you can reserve your own seats, all that kind of stuff, yeah. that really matters. I had forgotten that angle that usually they had, uh, not usually, I think every time they've been tied to the ticket Yeah, sales. yeah. And they've usually announced a day or two ahead of time that it's coming, yeah. right? Yeah. So we're recording Monday, October 14th. So yeah. I don't think it will be, <laughs> I, don't I mean, this will be great because it's going to come out on Tuesday. So we're either going to be, they're so right or they're so full of <laughs> crap. Uh, but I don't think they've done it before without, without, they, because they want people with their eyes glued to yeah. the television, right? They, they want to reach the general population that's watching a super popular mm-hmm. football game. And they want the Star Wars fans who, who aren't sports fans who to know to tune yeah. in and the with yeah. with the amount of scrutiny yeah. that everything Star Wars and Blockbuster gets in terms of metrics yeah. how fast pre-sales go is a metric now yeah. and if they stumble that's going to be a news story for days on end so i think they're going to announce it with enough time so everybody who cares can be hovering over their computer yeah, ready that, to buy those tickets so they get a skyrocket number for Pre-sales out of the gate. A lot of important synergy needs to happen. Right. All the things you described. This is why uh, the 21st makes a lot of sense to me. And, I, and you know, I'm putting money down on the 21st. Uh, hopefully soon. Joseph and I are going to try to put that. We might need to, you know, be in my house watching some football, oh, yeah. Joseph. We'll, we'll I'm, pop I'm some beers. I'll get some chips and salsa. This sounds You great. and I watched the Super Bowl together two years ago. We'll watch yeah, the Star I, Wars. I like watching football every once in a while and, yeah. and remembering some of the rules. That's <laughs> all you need to remember, too, quite <laughs> frankly. Um, so... I, I we're past the age of surprise. I I, I like a good surprise trailer job, um, surprise information. Let me change the conversation to this here on the fly. The obsession with this yeah. and when it is, and we did with Solo. There was a little bit of like, wow, we haven't heard much yet. Yeah, we were part of that conversation too. But sometimes are we, are we too obsessed with a trailer? Not the trailer. The trailer itself is going to be fun. Right, right. The one at Celebration made me cry. But, like, the business of it. Yeah. I think the light side of it is, Mm -hmm. hey, I I don't want to ever bring people in a community down when they're excited about something. So when people are thrilled for a new Marvel trailer, uh, you know, or a new DC trailer or anything, if you're a big Downton Abbey fan and you can't wait for a trailer if they're going to make Downton Abbey the movie too, great. Anything that brings a community together and you're happy. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I think there is a little bit of a, I worry about getting, uh, obsessed about the details in a way that it doesn't matter. Like yeah, to yeah. me, like I want you, I want you to 
let me know Lucasfilm, Disney, whatever, so I can plan, so I can fully yeah. enjoy, so I can get my tickets. I care about that. Yeah. But I, I don't care if it's October 14th or October 21st. If I was a journalist, I yeah. I understand getting a scoop is important, but I'm not a journalist. So yeah. for me, that part of it, I don't like to obsess on. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the same now. I think maybe... Force Awakens was different. Like, you have to put that on a shelf. That that was right. a different time. But it, by by Rogue One, Rogue One, I was like, when's that trailer? When's that trailer? And, and I've started to back off on that as I just wanted to to, to let some joy seep in. And, and there's always <laughs> been joy, but you know, just like yeah. it's gonna come, it's gonna come. But I, I I do feel we get obsessed with the inside baseball side of of. I see a lot of articles. I saw one today. I'm not going to give the name of it, but there was an article of like, we don't know a lot about Episode Nine, and we should be concerned about that. Mm. And. Here's here's one little whisper I've heard. I'll put the I've heard from some some pals that JJ doesn't want anything now. That JJ feels the whole movie's a spoiler, and that he's been very unhappy with a lot of the clips. This is something that I'm not putting out as fact. Don't don't make this an article. Any news site. Some <laughs> whispers I've heard that could be ten percent true, but it kind of lines up with this idea of. JJ's mystery box. We always hear that term and the final one and that this is a fun bonkers movie and they just kind of want to do what they have to do, not what uh, what you feel they need to do in terms of laying everything out for you. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm biased on this one. So big. Yeah. Ooga, This is my opinion. <laughs> take it, take it or leave it. Find a disagree. Obviously. Yeah. I, I feel like people lean too hard in the JJ's mystery box thing. Mm. They always mean it almost always in a pejorative term yeah. as though he is getting you excited about mystery and not caring about the substance. You're very right. And yeah. I, I yeah. personally disagree with that. Uh, you know, I even have a good friend that I had this conversation with about uh, a Dragon Con. Yeah. Uh, um, and that, that's fine. Different opinions. But for me, as a storyteller, yeah, I I'm happy. And it un, it, it is understandable to me that a storyteller would say, I have prepared an amazing meal for you yeah. and I want you to sit down and eat it. I don't like when I go to a restaurant, mm-hmm. I want to order a cheeseburger and enjoy yeah. it. I don't want the, the waiter to come out and go. Do you want a pickle? Do you want a just a pickle? Now I'm going to give you just a corner of the burger. Now I mean, like, I, uh, it's a bit of a weird analogy, but it's just like yeah, yeah. He, it he, is because he we made, all know you're going to order a frozen pizza at the restaurant. Let's, let's yes. be honest, yeah. Even there, I really don't want to. Here's one frozen <laughs> kernel of mozzarella. Uh, but I, I totally understand as a storyteller going, "Hey, yeah. I, I need to let enough of this out so I get the general public excited." Right, right. So we have a. a Good ticket sales. But beyond that, he's already told us the Emperor's back. He told us yeah. in a beautiful theatrical way. He already told us that Ray is going to be playing with the dark side. And I like that we're just getting ideas. Yeah. We're not getting too much of the, here's this plot point, here's this plot point. These plot points obviously tie together this way. Right. And just like, to me, it's not about Mystery Box. It's about... The, the point is the story. The trailers are a- advertisements. And the right. point is sitting down and seeing the whole story. And, like, I, I know people disagree with me, but I'd be happy if the trailer was, like, J.J. Abrams going, I made a Star Wars movie. <laughs> Star Wars Come movie. check it out. That's what I need. Yeah, yeah, it is it is business. Again, going back to ticket sales, That's that, that is why they do it. That's why uh, it's not to... Yeah, I just and I get it. Solo, there was some legitimate of, huh? Okay, we got this, and we saw that that did factor. And so I don't want to sit there and deny that when a trailer comes out is somewhat important. It's just 
I just like a lot of things we say here at Force Center. Don't get caught up on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think we all uh, I think some of us were on board early on and many of us Monday morning quarterback that the solo trailer seemed a little reticent about showing us solo and really celebrating. Yeah. Here's Alden Ehrenreich. Here's how charming he is. Here's how great he is and kind of mm-hmm. held back a little bit. And, and maybe that's one of the things that affected the marketing. So like, yeah, I totally am excited for trailers for marketing. Right. And, you know, I I think if there's a shot of Palpatine in full glory, if, yeah. if like, Hey, almost everybody has assumed Luke's, uh, you know, we're going to see him in shimmering spirit form. Yeah. Throw that out there. Cause we all, we all, we all yeah, think we know spoiler. that, you know, yeah. not a spoiler. It's if not it like happens, Yoda yeah. in last Jedi, right. Yeah. You know, it's not a surprise. Absolutely. Market the movie, get people, get fans excited, get us talking, get, especially get people who are more casual Star Wars fans mm-hmm. in the door. But if you can do that without telling us, any more information about the movie? Yeah. I'm great with that. Yeah. Because I want to sit down and have the experience of a storyteller telling me a story. I don't want to have a marketing experience that slowly chips away at the story. <laughs> uh, the joy. Sit back and watch with some yeah. popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, is what Ryan Johnson's going to do. Yeah. In uh, December with episode nine. And he was uh, at a, a film event and. Uh, I'm on. Let me bring up the tweet so I give uh, them credit. It was on uh, the. That's not the tweet. (laughs) (laughs) Did you pull up a different? (laughs) I brought up something else. Uh, Nothing bad. uh, uh, Ryan Johnson was on a red carpet. Now look, these red carpet interviews—they're part of the business. They're uh, you know you you get two seconds with a with with a a director, a celebrity, whatever. So a uh, bang showbiz is the name of it. Uh, They said exclusive. So we want to give them credit. Ryan Johnson says he is a Star Wars fan again. Ryan uh, was asked about uh, episode nine. He says, hey, I get to sit back. I can enjoy it. I get to fill my popcorn. Ryan is a cinephile. He's a movie head. He loves yes. this stuff. Uh, my pal Alicia Malone is, is friends with him, has interviewed him several times. And, and she she's told me just in person, the joy of this 1956 shot. And, and, you know, I saw a clip, a super clip of Scorsese over 30, 40 years talking about cinema and things he loved. It, it yeah. Just, I mean, I know, that I know is Ryan friends who know him from the Austin, uh, various Austin film, film festival festivals. circuits going back years and years, going back to his, you know, uh, the premiere of his first movie brick. Yeah. Yeah. He's always hanging out and <laughs> talking about movies. movies and often star Wars. I have <laughs> multiple friends who like, I realized after the fact I had a conversation with Ryan Johnson about Star Wars like 15 years ago. He loves this yeah. stuff. He's a fan, and, and he, the joy was uh, really, really clear in his face. And the uh, the reporter did, did their job, got a, well, hey, I liked your last movie, uh, which was very casual. He was the most casual. It's like, <laughs> I like I liked the last movie you did. Um, are you going to be working in Star Wars? And... Here we go, Joseph. You know, I just talked about. Hey, don't worry about the business of Star Wars as much with the trailer, but let's worry a little bit about the business of Star Wars. Uh, let's go against our own words here and our own yeah. T-shirts. He gave a response. I am no. I have. I have interviewed people uh, in a in a criminal situation. I have. I've been with detectives. I'm not though an FBI body language expert. Right. You for for not people who aren't longtime listeners. Uh, yeah. You've worked in mall security. Yes. Ken has not just made citizens arrest to random people about Star I, Wars I opinions. Do go around arresting people for <laughs> legends uh, stuff. Uh, I've handled some investigations in my day. I'm not an, a body language expert, but Joseph, uh, nothing about his body language, his eye movement, his voice, and little tiny words that he used. We're gonna, you're going to dive in there on it. 
made me confident that he knows that a movie he's going to be allowed to make a Star Wars movie anytime soon. No, he, he, yeah, I often say, hey, take a red carpet interview with a grain of salt because you're seeing a you know Correct. a forty second clip, yeah, and you don't know what's been going on with that person if they've yeah. been been on the carpet for an hour, yeah. being asked weird things. Did somebody else just do a really weird inflammatory interview with them? You never know exactly yeah. what people's uh, headspace is. But when I saw this, it, I definitely the body language of like, yep, um, I, I need to talk about this, but I, I'm good. But it also seemed within that, yeah. that he was picking his words carefully. And I feel like he was saying some truth. Uh, he said about doing an, the more Star Wars. We'll see. Lucasfilm is figuring out what they're doing. It's like, that's not like, ooh, let's parse that. Those are words in the English language that mean a specific <laughs> thing. Lucasfilm are figuring out what they're doing that seems facts there yeah. direct and honest and lines yeah. up um and then he says thrilled if it happens if which also seems happens thrilled if mm-hmm. it happens and then also says eh, and i'm working on my own stuff too yeah and this is all in the context of knives out his new movie is yeah. going to be you know premiering relatively soon there's going to be uh, some early releases it's uh, being just highly highly uh, appreciated in the right. current reviews all that uh ryan johnson had a thriving career before star wars he could have a thriving career never doing another star wars so you got to appreciate that mindset too of like yeah hey they asked me if i wanted to do more and i said sure that would be cool but uh, if that ends up not being the case cool Uh, did you see the cast list of knives out (laughs) it's pretty cool I'm i'm gonna be having some fun as a creator regardless right so hey if you want to do it great if not I understand that yeah. it seems like that seems like totally to me, just a really honest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I want to talk a little bit more about what we know so far about yeah. what Lucasfilm has announced, but I want to hear your reactions first. Uh, my, my reactions is I'll be honest. It's, it's a little, this particular clip, nothing to the conversations before rumors, uh, anything like that got me a little down. This one got me a little down cause I want to see these movies really yeah. bad. And it, it Again, you, using the words like you said, if it happens, he could just be—he's a nice guy, by the way—and he yeah. could just be like, "Hey, they're trying to figure it out, and if it happens, I don't—I don't want to put any pressure on." Like he could be coming from that point of view, or he could be like, secretly, this could be a secret negotiation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm finally going to comment on something a little more vaguely to force your hand. Uh, I don't think Ryan's that type of guy, but I've never had a beer with him. I don't know, <laughs> so. I, I my my head got a little down. I you know we try to be very positive. I just kind of like, oh man, I think I need to kind of brace myself that uh, things could change. Yeah, things could change, and and that's always uh, we even, even with the trailer news. I believe it's going to come on the twenty first. But until I'm sitting down watching football with Joseph and they cut to the trailer, <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. So yeah, we don't know for sure until we know. Until we know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I understand being. Yeah bummed out i feel like he i feel like ryan johnson and ron bergman have been really honest of like yeah we're early in development but we're working on it we're really excited about it and now it feels like we're still working on it but maybe some things not us have have shifted now to me it, it makes perfect sense because uh this is going to be such a window to redefine star wars yeah like we are still wrapping up the initial from back in 2012 cool we bought Star Wars. Right. What should we do? Mm-hmm. They're finishing that trilogy. They did the two standalones. 
pivoting to Disney Plus. Mm. Disney Plus is going to get its footing. And then we know that we're going to get a Star Wars movie in 2022. We know that there's going to be a big break Mm. in this chance to really, really redefine Star Wars. Yeah. To really start fresh. It's like, to me, the, the goal from Lucasfilm is in 2022 with the Big movies. Great. Star Wars is going to roll on on Disney Plus as live TV shows, animated shows. The books are going to keep coming. There's going to be plenty of Star Wars. But for the general big market, Star Wars is going to be new again in an epic go-to-the-theater movie event Mm -hmm. in 2022. How do we start fresh? Yeah. See, I look at that mindset versus Ryan Johnson's going to do a trilogy. Dan and Dave are going to do... A series of movies. <laughs> oh, also Kevin Feige. Right. Yeah. And you look at that slate and go, what? what's the vision? Mm-hmm. Now, if Solo had killed, yeah. and it was clear that there was a demand for at least one movie a year, mm-hmm. two movies a year, yeah. then it'd be like, cool. Right. Your trilogy, your trilogy, everybody Every, gets a everyone, trilogy. Everyone. Yeah, old voices, new voices. Yeah. But now that they've backed away... And said, we're going to take a break, unless it changes. We're going to take a break from a Star Wars movie being in theaters for three years, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you're, it seems to me that they are trying to figure out a bigger idea mm-hmm. of what it is. Yeah. What is this? Not reboot. I don't mean it is reboot. I'll say refresh. Refresh, yeah. What is the new timeline? What is the new location? What is mm-hmm. the new idea? And then who's running it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like those are those are good decisions to make. Maybe they're trying to decide. Do we lean with Dan and Dave? Do we lead mm-hmm. with Ryan's vision? Do we ask Kevin to come in and ask Dan and Dave and Ryan to work yeah. with Kevin? Or is it all like, whoops, we made these agreements and now we're looking at it as we want somebody totally new. Yeah. Because people have baggage with Dan and Dave. People have baggage with Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the last thing I'll say is I, I don't people who don't like Ryan Johnson don't like Last Jedi read this as yes, he's he's being let go fired. I, I don't read it that way. No. I read it as very understandably going. We have a chance to really right. kickstart a new era of Star Wars in the theaters. What should it be? Should we question the plans we had going? Yeah. That and that's that is a, a great look and approach because this is this is the business of it that uh, uh, we always you know, try not to dive into, but yeah, to 2012 is a long time ago. Yeah. A long, and I was just rereading the, the art of force awakens book. I was about a hundred pages through and there's some gems in there. They ask, we, we talked a lot about how, well, how strong is the force and who is Ray? The first 20 pages are, are, are dealing of the force awakens art of book are dealing with who is Luke Skywalker and how strong is the force. Yeah. So it, a lot has changed from those days and, and things have been added and, and, uh, there could be uh, professional filmmakers who were, you know, interns in 2012 who are now <laughs> making important movies. Yeah, and yeah. Th- the whole landscape has changed. So I am excited by the idea of let's let's uh, let's see really what we want to do because uh, this is a new era. We, we have these phases in, in Marvel everyone loves and they're great. Yeah, they're they're not necessarily always behind the scenes stuff. It's more about the stories. But yeah, uh, we have ended this era. What do we do? Is It's a good moment to pause. And I guess I'm going to take solace in that. <laughs> and and I'd be lying if I didn't say this just... I've muted or told YouTube I'm not interested in every one of those channels. Yeah, the, the uh, super negative ones, yeah, right? Yeah, super aggressive. I, we all know who those channels are. I, I don't see their stuff. They can take this little weird victory lap because you can take... 
any words you want, any <laughs> sentence you, you want, and, and spin it into your agenda, and that's fine. I, I have to... The, you you can't win, but there are all our, our alternatives <laughs> to fighting is something that comes up here. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, I want a glorious three-movie arc led by Ryan Johnson, maybe some other directors or writers, yeah. and maybe him doing the, that as well. It might not happen, and that's part of life yeah. and Star Wars. It's so much of the questions that we get from uh, our listeners yeah. are variations on what's what's – what we, we got a great one that we're going to talk about uh, later in this episode, a great audience question. But it's a natural thing, I think, to fixate on when Star Wars really obviously is a combination of the old and new. Yeah. It's a generational story. Yeah. And then to ask, is that the story of Star Wars? Is mm-hmm. that Or is that the Skywalker saga? What Does Star Wars have to be yeah. a trilogy? Does it have to have all the exact same ingredients as a new hope. I think these are questions that fans are naturally asking anyway. And it would not surprise me if Lucasfilm was not really asking those questions creatively too. Yeah. As they should. That's what you want. Yeah. That's what you want out of them. So we'll find out again. They, they they obviously were right. Previous comments, Ryan, you know, we're trying to figure out what star Wars is going for all those things. We've heard those, I, I believe he, pen to paper has happened on some of this stuff, but uh, there's a long way from pen paper to go picture. So we'll keep you <laughs> updated, of course, here on Force Center. Uh, final thing, we're, we're going to dive into some of the uh, comics and books make this part of news. Uh, this is uh, the Star Wars Allegiance comics, comic run has begun. This is going to be a weekly series. I caught up with that and the Spark of the Resistance, the kind of middle grade reader. Uh, Joseph, uh, you, you took a deeper dive into that than I did, but we're going to discuss it here. I'm very familiar with what's going on there. Let's just take a look here, starting with the Star Wars Allegiance comic, issue one. Yeah. Uh, this is picking up, not, pick, not even picking up, it's kind of dropping us at the end of this year between eight and what will be nine. Uh, and, and we're getting a better picture of where some of our heroes are, what they're doing, and the rebuilding of the resistance. Yeah. And a lot of great things with Ray. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot of things, interesting things in the Spark of the Resistance novel, which I believe happens after it's, Allegiance. Right, because there's a reference to There's something. a reference yes. to, uh, this is a spoiler territory, uh, okay. to uh, Akbar's uh, son. Son. Aftab, I believe. Uh, God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't double check that one, so I might. No, I just, think that. Uh, I, yeah, I, I didn't say Affleck. Yeah. That's the duck, yeah, right? That, okay, that. <laughs> and, and Batfleck. <laughs> that's a different thing. Uh, Aftab, I believe. Uh, the yeah. So, Spark of the Resistance novel eventually clarifies that it takes place a, a couple months after mm. uh, the events of Force Awakens: Last Jedi. So, okay. I think Allegiance is happening even sooner. Gotcha. Pair that with Black Spire Outpost as well, or Black Spire. Oh. Yeah, novel gotcha, gotcha. and you get just a lot of the like yep yep here's here's where people are and it's all like hey we're out there getting re- rebuilding physical resources yeah. we're rebuilding alliances we're trying to convince people that they can stand up and say no to the first order here here's reminders of why we're fighting we see people mm-hmm. you know having their control and autonomy taken away and victimized by the first order again and again, again, and again um, right so it's a great picture of the state of the galaxy. But the thing I was really struck by is yeah. that in Spark the Resistance and Allegiance, Ray is struggling with her relationship to the Force. Yeah, that in in really explicit ways that she can't quite quite calm her mind yeah. and feel the full connection to it, or is it that uh, it, it, it seems nicely ambiguous? Of like, is it that it's so powerful she's a little 
afraid of it? Right. Is it the burden of responsibility? So anyway, I got really nerded out by that because yeah. that big picture suddenly made sense with that shot in the trailer of her mm-hmm. looking frustrated and throwing the lightsaber. You're right, right. You know, which she doesn't have yet in any of this uh, content either, which right. is another thing. So that, it just made me think that maybe that's a little bit where we're going to find Ray at the beginning of episode nine of just figuring out her relationship with the force. I like it because she's fighting this creature, this, uh, what is it? A Noat, uh, they're on a Noat, the, yeah. the Noat system from empire. Uh, it's like a, it's like a beast that they're yeah. it's a garbage planet. And yeah. She can't really focus. She's trying to come through. And at one point she's like, even without the force, uh, I'm paraphrasing, you know, yeah. I'm going to handle this. And it seems like, cause there's this, and it touches in the spark of resistance too, right? This idea that she seems to be able to use the force when it's, everything's on the line. Right? Yeah. You know, like trapped. She needs to take over Stormtrooper's brain. Uh, uh, fighting Kylo, um, that it works better for her under duress a little bit. Yeah, versus all the time. Yeah, and, and Spark the Resistance really gets into the like the. Ah, yeah, I, I I I can feel it, but I can't quite calm my mind enough to connect the way I want to, and that's really interesting because she is yeah. a character who has uh, had to fight to stay alive yeah so she's used to all right i got my staff and i run out of problem but now she's like okay i have access to force i do feel this power i have been told by multiple te- people how incredibly powerful I-, I could possibly be and also luke just said hey you got this yeah bye bye <laughs> <laughs> to paraphrase luke skywalker yeah so that that's just really interesting to me for a character of like I like that. How, how do I? I got this fight or flight instinct in me. Yeah. Uh, but how do I? How do I calm down and, and feel at peace enough to truly access my power? And I like there's some frustration in that. I'm thinking as you're talking. I'm thinking of uh, when you have a writing deadline. Yeah. The night before is when I get it done. Three days <laughs> earlier, when I should be clear and focused, I can't focus. Right. I know it's in me. I can't get there. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's frustrating, and yeah. I'm interested by this. Uh, I, I don't want, and I, I think there's another little comments along the way of, of Ray is not complete by any stretch of the imagination, and I don't want that. That's so interesting to me to have to like she's still like a year later, and maybe maybe even upset at Force Ghost Luke who's like, no, nah, I'm good. You know, <laughs> I'm here having some Force hot chocolate with Yoda. We're yeah, all right. Yeah, We're all right. you read those books. Yeah, yeah. You got it. Yeah, you got the books there. Yeah, so very, very excited to see the state of the galaxy mm-hmm. and getting some kind of some character stuff as well. Yeah, that's good. Good stuff. I, yeah, I had the timeline wrong, so it's closer. It's right because it references uh, Vibrati, and that is yeah. closer. Actually, the book starts, Black Spire starts with some of the events in Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. So we, we're, there's there's some room mm-hmm. for that uh, Resistance Reborn book coming out soon. Right. And uh, really? yeah, I wasn't. I was looking forward to it, not in a super negative way. Just was like, yeah. It's, oh yeah, that's coming. And then even just that cover, I'm like, all right, let's yeah. dive in. Let's very dive excited in. for that one. So our look at news, uh, taking a deep dive in there as we like to do on Force Center. Before we get to our main topic, though, we want to have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Well, hey, this looks a uh, perfect uh, choice today, Joseph. Yeah, we are recommending the book we were just talking about, Star Wars, colon, The Rise of Skywalker, colon, Spark of Resistance. Uh, it is, it, it's a fun adventure. You get to spend some time with Ray, with uh, Rose, with Poe, uh, and, uh, no, I'm not even going to say any more than that. It's a, it's a quick listen. It is just an adventure, but it 
right. just a fun adventure, but it does give you a little peek into what's gonna be happening with our characters in the sequel trilogy. It is a it's a middle grade reader, so if you're like, hey, this seems kind of simple, that is why. But listen to it now. Download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audio book on us and help out the show in the process. Our main topic today, as we said, is the and balance of the force joseph uh well last week this blew up and to yeah. my surprise that's not when this happened we'll get into that <laughs> freddie prince jr uh actor uh son of uh one of the uh great uh, shooting star kind of uh tragic life but freddie prince is a great comic too i knew about him as a kid you know and yeah. it was like oh Freddie prince jr uh he freddie's been around star wars we know this voice of kanan uh, you played trivia. I with played him trivia against him. Yes. Against him and Whitwer and Kashuri. Whitwer is, is a beast. Prince is just happy to be there. Knows his stuff, but he's a really fun, sincere guy. By the way, I've I've only been around him for about an hour, so I don't want to act like I'm friends. Um, he went off on a <laughs> uh, podcast, the Friendship Podcast, which is uh, uh, hosted uh, by Jeff Die comic, uh, who uh, I do know, uh, Jeff Die, and it's on the All Things Comedy Network. Jeff's uh, a very, f- he loves Star Wars as well, just kind of one of those, like, let's just have fun with Star yeah. Wars kind of guys. Um, and this this went off three minutes, 22 seconds long. I'm sure a lot of you have listened to it. A lot of a lot of big words, a lot of curse words used to tell you that Star Wars is for children. Um, we won't uh, we'll, we'll bleep out any of the quotes. But Joseph, we really wanted to go into it because we we had some varied and, and, and nuanced, layered reactions to this clip. Yeah, and we felt it was absolutely worthy worthy of a Force Center look. Oh yeah, there's a lot of great things going on here. Uh, it is five months old. Uh, I I discovered See, it. There you go. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. You, so you you sent me a message, yeah. a, a text, and it's like what? And and I didn't know if it was from some surprise source, but I was, I, I was actually watching something with Sarah. I was like, can we pause for a second? <laughs> <laughs> I need to listen to Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> yell about Star Wars. Yell about Star Wars. Uh, yeah. So then did some deep dive. Like where is it from? Like you said, Jeff Dye's friendship podcast on all things comedy network. So it is all in terms of context. That's a comedy podcast. So that that explains some of the tone things are of comedy. it, right? Yeah, it's all things comedy, right? So it's yeah. like a lot of comedy podcasts. You're talking about real things, but you're also got one foot in. We're yeah. keeping this entertaining. And I think yes. that's an important thing to keep in mind that that is the role that Freddie Prince Jr. is playing is I'm on my buddy's comedy podcast yeah. where you cut loose in and you house. say yeah. what you mean, man. Yeah. You know, so I think that's a, a big part of what it is. Yeah, but it was out back in May. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into it. I think we're going to talk about sort of the um, the actual tone of the thing, mm-hmm. a couple of the specific details, uh, and then we're going to really dive into the stuff he says about balance because that's the stuff that I think is super juicy for Star Wars fans. Yeah. Yeah, this wasn't just a rant. I mean, it was, but yeah, there. I mean, I remember texting with you, going like, "That balance stuff, huh?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right. this is like he—he's passionate, right? Yeah. So a lot of people found this cathartic. Uh, I think you found it mm. cathartic. It was a nice release. Yeah. Why do you think you felt that way? It's so funny when I when I, I watched it a few times and I texted to you, and uh, then it kind of started blowing up, right? And, yeah, and and. I didn't. I w- didn't quite know what I was experiencing, and then you texted back the word cathartic, and I went, "Oh God, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm feeling. That's the tingling sensation in my yeah. head." It just felt like this, and we're gonna die. You know, this isn't necessarily the best way to respond, and uh, you know, and I'm not just talking about the curse words, but just like, you know, 
there's something there, you know, but he did it again. You're right. It's on a entertainment. Like, Hey man, let me, have, let me tell you, let me have fun with this. Um, but I just was like, gosh, this is what I, I wish I could do sometimes. <laughs> this is what I want to do sometimes. And, um, I, yeah, I had an outburst, a small outburst on uh, the, the the Jedi Council show not too long ago, maybe four or five months ago, where we were talking about Akbar's death, and I just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> and I had a brief moment, small, a lot smaller than this. And our fewer f bombs. No, I just was like a fr- clearly frustrated with yeah. my co-hosts, just like I don't think you understand this. And 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 uh, our friend Darina clipped it out. Thanks, Dorina. Um, <laughs> there is a reason that her handle is Evil Dorina. Evil Dorina. And it, it reminded me to don't do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, that doesn't go well. Yeah. You know, uh, but Freddie did it. But Freddie's in a position where career-wise, and so he just does it, it. He's okay. And there's a little bit more freedom that he has than I do. I don't know about yeah. you, Phil. But for me, I'm like, I... I can't necessarily do that. Yes. But I'm a little more direct. Also, you and I both, we are all in a in this, but we are really on the front line with the fans. Freddie is not. Right. Right. Yes. Uh, well, and I think it, to me, it, it's important that this clip starts with him saying, hey, I was in a Star Wars cartoon, so I get Star Wars hate all the time. Right. So I would say in general, the fandom has always been, I, I'm not aware of a big part of the fandom that doesn't like Kanan, doesn't like Freddie Prince Jr., right. really hates Rebels. I feel like overall... His position is he's not a controversial character, Mm-mm. a controversial actor, or from a controversial part of Star Wars mm. in in the big picture, right? Yeah. I'm sure there's people who have their opinions. So he's starting by saying, I get hate. Yeah. And in theory, the fandom likes me. <laughs> so he's starting from a point of, at least in this clip, I get upset because people come at me with a perspective of Star Wars that I not only disagree with, mm-hmm. but I've had some of the big creators in Star Wars tell me that's not what it's about. Yeah. So he is, I think, expressing, I think this is why it's cathartic. He's expressing a strongly held belief from his perspective that a lot of people are saying your perspective is wrong. Mm-hmm. It's strongly held and mm-hmm. it is in his uh, uh, mind from the creators. Yeah. You know, so he is lashing, <laughs> yeah. lashing out. Eh, yeah, I, I, yeah. To me, it's like, this is part of what's intriguing about this is, and again, he's on a comedy podcast. Yeah. Some of this could be just performance. Yeah. Uh, but he's using the dark side to yeah. spread a message of light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's what he, he's saying. Yeah. You know, this is, this is, it is for kids. It is meant to be a, mm-hmm. a morality tale. It is rooted in old, old fantasy yeah. uh, and, and hero's journey. And it is a, it's spiritual. It's not about counting your force points yeah. in a video game. And, yeah. and I feel like that's where it's coming from. Ultimately, is like Star Wars is a beautiful, flowing, organic thing that makes sense on a deep mythical level. Mm hmm stop yelling at me because you think Darth Maul is plus 20 points more powerful than any other. Yeah. You know, that to me feels like the heart of it. So I think if you are the kind of person who wants to uh, leans towards agreeing with that perspective, that it's a big flowing organic myth. Yeah. It's cathartic to hear, hear somebody from his position go, it's an effing myth. <laughs> Don't talk to me about video games. Yeah, that's uh, just jumping into a random, uh, random thought in, in what you're saying there. The 
There's no right and wrong way to love Star Wars. I right. think Absolutely. you and I would, uh, agree with that. There's different things that pull you in. And just because you were introduced to the prequels doesn't mean the other ones should – you should crap on the other ones. If you don't like them, you don't like them. You know what right. I mean? Um, so he's not saying that, but there become there becomes a base level of frustration sometimes. We've all experienced – I don't know you you out there listening have experienced where there are some basic where, – where coming out of Last Jedi, people are like, oh, and then they did this. And I'll be like – Oh, that's but oh, time out. That's not what they did. You missed it. You missed it. I'm sorry you missed it, but you missed it. You missed Finn's story. You didn't understand. You you thought it was the same as seven. It's not the same as seven. Yeah. Here's why. You might not like that, and I can accept that. And then I get frustrated when like, no, but they did that. <laughs> they just repeated the same story. No, no, they really didn't. It's a continuation, and it, and it gets so it boils over, and just like what you're saying, he's like, how, he has to sit here, listen around, and hang, raising children with Sarah Michelle Geller, and he's getting looking at his Twitter. He's very active on Twitter, and he's probably just like, <laughs> what? No. Yeah. George told me this. <laughs> what are you saying? You might not like this or like Caden, but you're wrong about this. Yeah. Uh, that's where it came from, and that felt good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to I, watch it explode. Yeah, to watch it explode. Yeah. How, well, how do you feel about that? Because, like, on Force Center, yeah. we make a choice to say our opinions, and mm-hmm. we do say our opinions. We do say when we don't like things. Yeah. Uh, but I think we really make an active choice to say it and in express those things in a positive way Yeah, to acknowledge, I don't like this part of star Wars or this isn't the part that's most uh, exciting to me, or I don't agree with that viewpoint, but here's my other. And a lot of it does have to be, it, a lot of it is about how we talk yeah. versus what we actually say. Yeah. How do you feel about the, and like, I'll admit, like other outlets besides Force Center, like mm-hmm. sometimes I'll say my Star Wars opinion more harshly. But yeah. I want this to be a welcoming space. I want people who yes. who disagree with us to be able to listen mm-hmm. and feel like a difference in opinion is being respected. Yeah. Uh, so that's a choice that we make on Force Center. It really is. Uh, this is a comedy podcast. Yeah. But how do you feel about the the difference between what he said and the way he said it? Um, I I, I to go to the Force. Yeah, we we. I mean, we're not just like what Joseph says that folks, we're not just, we, we will sometimes say like, Hey, I have this, uh, how can we, how can we find a way to say this the right way? Because we want to, just like Joseph said, so the different, I, I, I just, this time around going dark side just was to me the right <laughs> approach. It's not, it's not going to work. You know, you know, you, you, no one on the other side is going, Oh, Freddie said the F word, I'm going to stop. But like, even going like, <laughs> even in training use of force, Swear words are part of the use of force continuum. They're, it's control talk. You're, you're, you're trained to use swear words at a certain point to control, yeah. to, to, to get higher in the situation. That, not saying even that works, but you know, it's like it's part of. So there's a reason they exist. They, it's, a, it's humans communicating, it's, and it's, it's like, a, I, am, I am escalating. It's an escalation. Yeah. And I, so I'm behind the way you said it. I, I don't think it's always right or even was right here. I just, I remember I just was like clapping watching this. I watched this like 10 times, Joseph. I watched like 10 times because I want to go to those people's faces and say the same thing and you shouldn't and you can't. Um, so 
The message might get lost, though. And I still think the message got lost because I saw some, some, some thumbnails on YouTube videos of Freddie Prinz tell Star Wars fans to F off. Well, yeah, he said that twice, but you're missing, <laughs> you're missing what he said and you're yeah. choosing. And that's the thing. I had a friend of mine did not want to discuss this. It's like, hey, did you see that? I don't want to talk about this. And I felt this was because the swear, behind the swear words and the F off stuff was a truth that they weren't prepared to fight with yeah. or prepare or, or knew that he was right in a way. And so I'm okay with how he said. It. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I just, I like identifying. We talk as humans in different ways, in different yeah. contexts. Yeah. I looked at a, a blog post that I wrote after the force awakens came out when I was frustrated with some of the uh, really common criticisms. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I, you know, I hadn't looked at it since I wrote it in 2015. It was like how to talk to your family about the force awakens. And I, remember, I do remember when you wrote that. Yeah, I yeah. separated it out and I wrote like some of the common criticisms. Then I wrote, here's the dark side response. Here's the light side response. Yes. And on the light side, I, I wrote like just my actual reasoning and, and my opinions. And on the dark side, I wrote like a joke that was aggressive and assertive. Yeah. And I've yeah. gotten so used to the way I choose to talk on Force Center yeah. that I was like, damn, I don't know if I'd write the dark side part of that anymore <laughs> that has the edgier yeah. joke version of it, yeah. you know? And I think there, there's a lot going on in our culture about how and when we choose to be aggressive and who yeah. we choose to be aggressive against. Right. And, and I feel like this is a comedy podcast, and I, oh, I yeah. just found it cathartic and interesting to have somebody basically make the argument, it is a flowing beautiful, organic, mythic story. Knowledge is important. <laughs> but say it in that, hey, man, hey man. <laughs> F you style, and just <laughs> down to the point of like, learn your Greek mythology like George F. And Lucas. <laughs> that, it, there's a contrast there that's funny yeah. to me, and, and I also yeah. just accept that's the avenue. Yeah. And I have no doubt that Freddie Prince could have a calm, respectable yeah. conversation and, and say the same things. Yeah, you know? yeah absolutely. All right. So uh, I said this a couple of times, but I kind of want to get your take on it. Uh, so I, I think his overall point is to think about Star Wars from a, a deep mythical perspective and not get too obsessed with counting numbers or with the mm-hmm. power yeah. fantasy of it. I think when he's talking about Darth Maul looking sick and being a badass and he's talking about video games and great Jedi, a lot of that boils down to me of like, don't just make it about who can kick whose ass mm-hmm. because that minimizes the large themes mm-hmm. about the balance between dark and light about pacifism about mm-hmm. the choices we make uh, and all that kind of stuff do you agree with that with freddie's certain point of view 100 percent. and this is what really spoke to me that video game line and you know this isn't a blame video games conversation you know but uh and, and you could generalize it. This could be millennials and an avocado toast if you make it like a, of just like a joke that, ever, you know, yeah. oh, you want power, you know, you think of this as forces of video games. But a lot of we see it time and time again. We see I mentioned this before and I try to say this as delicately as possible to those who have submitted them. A lot of like, hey, here's my theory of what will happen in nine. Beautiful theories. They put a lot of work into them, but you read them and they read like a comic book checklist or a video game fight scene and none of it connects to what Star Wars is about, which is a sometimes vague. What is Star Wars like is a vague kind of approach to some of the stuff, but he's a hundred percent right. If I think it gets caught up on that. And then, and then even the big, the battle we face going back 2015 of Ray and how fast she learns things versus Luke and how fast yeah. he's learned things that 
I, that was that's not the point. That it's, is not the point of what we're seeing. It's like, yeah. To, to me, I think there is something that lessens Star Wars when you get really into quantifying it. Yeah, like yeah. how many training hours did Luke spend? How many training hours Crazy. did Ray respond uh, train? And like the other thing is, like, hey, it's called The Force Awakens, and the movie says a bunch of times that in, in Last Jedi, which we're going to talk about more of, like. Ray is responding to Kylo yeah. in the opinions of many of the characters. Yeah. Right. So maybe she did just learn faster because the force was just like, wake up. Mm. <laughs> You've always had yeah. this potential and I'm snapping you to life because you're needed now. Yeah. You know, and that, and that could just be a different storytelling. And I think yeah. when you open your mind to that, that is more flowing and organic than, than g- getting a checklist and saying, yeah. I think this is how many hours Luke was in the Falcon with Obi-Wan. And you know, it, it, it and getting getting it's getting so it's it just to me it gets into the theme of star wars like if you get overly controlling and precise yeah that is different than all of the uh language in star wars about accessing your power by right letting go being calm <laughs> passive breathe knowledge and defense not she spent 2.5 hours less time than luke so it's yeah. wrong is yeah you know there's just a real contrast there in how you approach it there's it's it's the uh, i wanted to see luke kick ass i understand that sentiment uh ignite the green was something you know when steel was running that around the internet i was yeah that's great yeah. it was great um hello greedo's mecha luke parody video is still one of my favorite things because just saying, hey, I, want, I wanted Luke to get involved in the fight does not mean you, you're you a Mecha Luke kind of like, I wanted Mecha Luke. No, yeah. But a lot of it comes to this point of like, I, 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 I'm always a little clumsier than you, Joseph. Uh, <laughs> you're a poet uh, honest in your Honest and direct. Yeah. Um, it's because I worked in 17 years where I literally in a job where I literally felt my vocabulary shrink. It was my friend Dave and I have had this conversation. When you started the job, hey. did you feel you were smarter? I'm like, yeah, I just my, I speak 10 words now. Hey, um, no, don't. don't. Um, Watch it. Luke, uh, uh, the, the Luke Skywalker doesn't want to kick ass. No. It's one of the essential tensions of a thing called Star Wars. Yeah. He didn't want to do it. He learned. He probably wanted to. And then he learned, oh, this is where that takes me. Yeah. And so for you to say, yeah, I really wanted Luke to uh, pick up that lightsaber, join the fight, and just kick a bunch of ass. And yeah, maybe he dies in the process. Okay. I'm not saying you don't love Star Wars. I'm not saying you don't understand Star Wars. I'm not saying that. And, and, and people could clip that out of context and leave that part behind. I'm just saying when the character would tell you, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? That You're looking at the story a little differently to me. To me. Yeah. Maybe I'm off base. Me and Freddie are in a corner just swearing by ourselves yeah. in Jeff Dye's house. But <laughs> uh, so that's where I get in the video game thing. And, and when I go back to the theories and I really because some of our four center listeners have sent us very nice theories and I'm not insulting them. I'm just saying, hey, when you do factor in the emotional aspect, uh, the question of. Who is Ray? That's what we've done. Yes. We've done it, and I've heard that on other shows. Who is Ray? Well, she might be a Palpatine of things. Yeah, yeah, she might. But who, cool. What, does what would that, that do, do to her? If yes. your answer stops at, I think she's a Palpatine because he cloned, and then it, that might be something. But what does it do to her? Because that's what Terrio and J.J. Abrams are writing their story about. Right. And Freddie's frustration of, like, that, 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 Darth Maul's cool, but we're going to get in the mall. But, like, 
It ain't pressing X. Right. Characters and plot are boats on top of an ocean of, of feelings and <laughs> themes. And that's, yeah. that's what's, you know, if, if mm-hmm. you go, don't have that ocean there, you just got boats and sitting if, in a, in a <laughs> non moving mass of water. That's just actually, bobbing. That's, but that's, that's a lot of my unfinished screenplays. <laughs> are a bunch of boats bobbling around because yeah, if you write from what is next for my plot and not, this and it's sometimes this weird mystical you know george r. r martin by the way writes himself into corners going i'm just seeing where the story takes me so sometimes yeah absolutely absolutely but when you write i've had many story fail because i'm just writing what's the next scene versus what does this character want to do in this real life situation right and what would that mean to yeah. the story what am i broadcasting out what of my own soul am i putting in here all, yeah. all those things that, that Sorry, to me are different, really right. different no no it's great i think this is what's so great about uh, the bleeping balance of the force rant is it opens up all these doors and uh, i've thought about this piece of star wars media more than almost anything in the last six months 100%. <laughs> three minutes and 100%. 22 seconds unlock a lot uh, so i i want to say uh, real quick and then we're going to dive into specifics like, for me, uh, one of the things I love about Star Wars is it has this tension of it is a lot of different things. It's called Star Wars, and we come to it because we do like to see mm-hmm. the action. But the characters, the good guys, the Jedi, strive towards pacifism. They strive towards using their ability only for knowledge and yeah. defense. So there, that's there's that inherent conflict to it. It's based on B-movie, whiz-bang, adventure mm-hmm. serials, and it's a deep myth about who we should be when we are our best selves. It's like it, it, there's so much about it that it's kind of at odds with itself, yeah. and I think that's what one of the things that makes it really uh, magnetic to people. And I come at it from a lot of the things. I like the video games. I like oh, it yeah. when I'm having a stressful day, and I play Darth Maul, because he is sick yeah. <laughs> and he is a badass and I choke uh, a random stranger on the internet and throw him off a tree on Kashyyyk and I'm like, hey, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars is Darth Vader ruthlessly killing wonderful human beings in that hallway in Rogue One. I get it. That is a part of Star Wars and I'm totally okay with it. Yeah. The only thing I'm not okay with mm-hmm. is stopping there for me. If you're just yeah. coming into it because you're like, I like action stories. I think the the Sith and yeah. bounty hunters look badass. I like stories of combat. I like stories of dark, tortured people. That's the part of Star Wars I like, period. Yeah. Great. My only problem is when people say that's what Star Wars is entirely and that's what it should be because I think it, it ignores this mountain mm-hmm. of evidence from the mouths of George Lucas, yeah. Dave Filoni, actors who've been involved, that it is about these large mythical organic things it's about how can i be the best person i can be can you ever defeat the darkness or do you have to accept that it is Mm -hmm. goes in cycles like these deep meaningful important things what is the value of friendship can you change the galaxy just because you go go help somebody every day yeah and it radiates outward like all that to me it it has to be it, it, it for me it's gotta be both so I'm not denying the video games. No. And I'm not saying they're bad. Yeah. It to to me where Freddie Prince thing really connects is when it's just that. Mm-hmm. It bothers me because it negates so much more of what Star Wars is. Two minutes on the Vader hallway scene. All right. So yeah, I'm, that's one of my favorite sequences too. Uh, I feel, and you, you know, I, th- I think you're in the same ballpark where, like, yeah, he. Everyone's like, that's that's the Vader. We heard a lot. That's the Vader I've always wanted to see. Yeah. Well, what do you see? You are seeing a man commit to the idea that he is a monster in pursuit of something that he is slipping away from him, and 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 he is f- 
completely put everything from his child, everything that he has killed the Jedi that was in him. And, yeah. and he's slaughtering people. He is a monster. And there's this emotional thing about it that, that you're watching. The Vader you've always wanted to see is purely evil. And, 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 as he gets more evil, everything's slipping away from him in my mind. That's why you're good. Slipping plans. through his fingers. Yep. And then, and then he also knows that he's going to have Admiral Moti and all these people going, Oh, you're, you're slipping through your fingers. You all for a space station. Yeah. He doesn't even believe in or want. Yeah. <laughs> you're not just watching him be badass. You're watching a lot going on behind that helmet. And that's yeah. Scene. Yeah. And, and that's watching, what I love getting into. You're watching from the rebels perspective too, of like, yeah. this is what we're up against. Yes, this uh, horrific power of evil that can mm-hmm. do things that w- are whispered about that we yeah. don't understand and cannot stand against, and it, it be, he becomes this metaphor for unchecked fear and anger and, and mm-hmm. evil of like, how do you face something that is so feels so much more powerful than you and you can understand, and like it only starts to become resonant when you have the yeah. good looking at it and pushing back against what it is, and then for me, I can just sit back and enjoy it because it yeah. also just. Looks, looks cool, cool. <laughs> and it's fa- it, it's fascinating and genre yeah. whiz bang to be like yeah. he threw him on the roof and then slashed him what? because he looks so bad. He's like, I don't even care. Like yeah. all that's great, but you got to have the other the other half. Yeah, and you said from watching. I mean, there's the great shot uh, after the hallway scene and the sub hallway scene. Like it's it's not dark and moody and shot like a art piece. It is in the blockade runner hallway, and you are literally looking up and you see Vader's knee. And you know, I've always said that's even more scarier to me because it's so realistic. This man's doing this. This creature is doing this, and you're seeing it from the rebellion's point of view. And that ties. And this is what Joseph and I will talk. That can tie. You could tie a string all the way to Akbar's sigh and return the Jedi of. We've been up against this, and we finally got a we, that super star destroyer is down. Yeah, and and it all connects to what we've been up against, and what we've been up against that guy in the hallway, <laughs> yeah, who just came out of the hyperspace and knocked ten of our ships out. Yeah, it's yes, yeah, that, Thank you, m- that monster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last little thing I'll say is uh, I I also think that we we can all have our opinions. We can we can mm-hmm. say. Um, Here's how I interpret Star Wars. We could say I'm going to give this more weight because George Lucas said it and he originally created it. Yeah. We can also say I had I don't, I don't agree with you, George. Yeah. That's not what I get from your movies because we get to interpret them. I, I think a, a good way to talk about this Freddie Prince thing is to just remember: yes, he's an authority because he's an actor yeah. who talked to Dave Filoni, who talked mm-hmm. to George Lucas. But also from a sort of uh, another perspective, take it with a grain of salt because George Lucas said this to Dave Filoni, who said right. this to Freddie Prince, who said this in a funny rant on a comedy <laughs> podcast. So yeah. And if, even if kind the, of acknowledges yeah. goes, I, let me give you the quick version, the quick version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he, he's going to walk it through us all, but he, may, he gets distracted halfway through and all that. He's not doing a Ted talk. Yeah. So yeah. I think the other thing is if maybe these ideas don't, don't uh, match with yours, just yeah. play with them, have some fun with them. Yeah. But they're, yes, he's coming from a place of authority, but they're not gospel, right? They're not. Yes. Yeah. Be all and all. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, let's dive into some specifics. Uh, so, um, he says that fans get mad because the franchise doesn't uh, grow with you. It's always for kids on some level. He illustrates that by saying, hey, the original trilogy came out and that was for kids of its time. And they, mm-hmm. you know, uh, attached to it. Prequels came out. Same thing. Now, the sequel trilogy is happening and kids are you, you go to a convention, see the number of kids dressed as Ray. It is connecting mm-hmm. with kids and it is yeah. being made in in this year's where movies look like this in 2019 and all that. Mm-hmm. Um and he's he's pos- he's making the theory that people are uh, frustrated because they grow up 
and they want to see some sort of grown up Star Wars, but Star Wars continues to be for kids. Yeah. Do you agree with that? How do you feel about that? I, I agree with it a lot. Uh, I mean, I, I, almost 100 percent. It's some. I think it's taken the wrong way a lot when someone. And we've said it. You know, George. We we, we quote George all the time. This is for twelve year olds. And what we say it doesn't mean it stops there. Ages seven to twelve. It's like a Lego box. Clearly not, because I have my Lego boxes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they're gone. I think it's just it's that's the heart of it, and that's where every bit of the storytelling has to go. And I, I get it. I want a. I was. I thought at last Jedi episode eight, based on what Ryan was making, I thought okay, we're gonna get a little darker tone, gritty that word that we all love to yeah. use, uh, and should probably put up be put up on a shelf now. <laughs> but then we got it reminded me, and, and this is to be honest. I came out of last Jedi. Not it took me a couple days. And I love, I love, like love a lot of stuff, but it took me a couple of days and I connected with some things and the fights and the imagery and everything. But like, what was, and it's like, oh, I did have a little part of me that was like, let's go to Gotham and let's see the joke. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Ryan's like, yeah, I got, I got porks and jokes and yeah. so does Star Wars. <laughs> like, uh, and it was for me really started to press upon my soul. Like it, this is also about passing on star wars yeah and not holding on to it and i st- so i cringe a little bit when i hear a little bit of like oh, i just really would like them to do a, a dark this and that like oh okay and, and it's big enough with disney plus we can do that now yeah but i i, I it, it's it's not needed uh and then the, the final note here i'll shut up about it but like then I'll, but other people use it against us even too as o- older fans yeah it's just for kids you dumb. Why? Why you got toys? Why are you doing this? It's like no, no, no. It starts there, and it's meant to grow with you, like the timeless stories. This is such a, you yeah. Know, we are in an era where we, as 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 men in their forties, can enjoy this stuff because it moved us uh, in our childhood just as much as uh, you know. Going on Homer's Odyssey might have affected someone in the nineteen fifties reading it in school. And be, yeah. Wow. Look at this and and Flash Gordon serials that inspired Lucas. It can go with you and grow and influence you. As you go through life. Yeah, my father's got a Roy Rogers standee in his uh, yes, <laughs> in his house, you know? <laughs> yeah, so some of the, the for the kids thing gets people mad. I understand why. Um, and and to his point, sorry, let me focus it back no, and no, push no. it back to you here, Joseph. Uh, uh, you know, the what he's saying to these particular fans in an aggressive manner, maybe they don't, some of them, again, you might be listening going, no, I, I'm not, we're not here to fight you. This is four center, sit down, have an apple cider and uh, enjoy the conversation with us. And, and we're all joyful Star Wars fans. I think there's some people who don't know this is happening to them. Yes. And, and so when it's thrown in their face, your natural instinct, you know, so most of my arguments with my girlfriend are, are her going, here's a truth about you. Me going, <laughs> that is not a truth. How dare you say that's true. It's, it's true, but how dare you? <laughs> how dare you show me myself yeah. in a mirror, you monster? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm totally on board with that. I think, yeah, what you were saying, I think, gets to the heart of it is like George Lucas had that great moment at that celebration where he yeah. turned towards that audience full of adults, yeah. right? And said, it's for 12 year olds. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a little bit of humor to that. But I feel like he means that's. That's where it's starting point is it can be for anybody. And it is for like, uh, it, it obviously is for anybody. It's not just like, uh, we're, you know, watching something that is explicitly made for only, yeah. only yeah. 12 year olds, obviously, cause there are big ideas and themes that Violence we talk and, about yeah. and, and it's thrilling and entertaining. Even if you don't want to uh, dig that, I think the spirit of it to me is when you go to see a star Wars movie, uh, 
it's awesome to try to see it like you did when you were a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Because a part of the reason that the kids who grew up with the prequels like them is because they weren't full of baggage about what it should and shouldn't be. Right. They were just open to receive the story that was being told, mm-hmm. right? And a six-year-old who saw The Force Awakens didn't have a lifetime of, uh, well, the Harrison Ford said he was he wanted to die yeah. in Return of the Jedi, and he should have died. They're just yeah. open, right? Yeah. And, and even you, we can go back to the original trilogy and go like, oh, yeah, it took us years to go. How, how much time actually passes? Yeah. But in in Empire Strikes Back, you're so right. How long did Luke train? How yeah. okay? The hypers drive is damaged, but how how much time? You don't ask those questions when you're a kid. You just accept the story because you're open and flowing and organic. And I think that's yeah. what the childlike part of it is important: is that it should always speak to the part of you that is open mm-hmm. to wonder. And fantasy. You're, you're getting me slightly emotional, and also I want to <laughs> I want to vote for you in the next election because that's such a valuable reminder. I didn't know nor care when Empire was and the canon checklist of everything. I just, yeah. <gasps> uh, then it gets fun as you get grown and have the conversations with your friend of like, why did they do that? What was three PO talking about when he's yelling at R2 about now her princess's clothes are wet? Like, <laughs> you know, there's fun things there that fuel this podcast and yeah. fuel our star Wars ranks and our databanks, databank brawls, but it all starts from this sense of wonder. And that's these little moments and sounds and things that, that bring us to star Wars. Um, yeah, as you're talking, I'm thinking back to that. I didn't question. I had the silly questions with my mom. Yeah. You know, Mom, what, you know, was Obi-Wan, you know, but, I'm, you know, her answer was, I don't know, he's good, you know, yeah. or whatever it was. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. And and that's, it's almost, you know, there's, there's passages in the Bible of like, be like children. It doesn't mean be ignorant, naive, and dumb, and treat people bad. It just means like, there's a joy that goes around where you're just like, Oh, yeah. I like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> right. We, we shovel all this stuff on top of it. Ray couldn't have learned that that fast. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, you, in, instead of being into the thrill of the moment of the story of just like imagining like, oh, she she is in that chair and she's mm-hmm. searching her mind. She remembers what she just went through with Kylo and she tries to do that. Yeah. She tries to get inside somebody's mind. She remembers some old whispered story she heard on Jakku about Jedi mind tricks and like, could I do that? I'll try. Like just, it, yeah. Uh, Which it, gets into like the, just like, Hey, identify with the heroes. Imagine you're the heroes. Yeah. Imagine you're Ray. Sit down and imagine you're Ray. It's, it's the, this talk of, of, of Kylo's redemption, which we, we've had talks. We will have talks again. And if, or if it doesn't happen in the movies, we'll have talks there, but it's not a resume of evil. Uh, if you're against the idea, you be against the idea, but understand that if you're like, well, he can't because he did this, he did this, he did this. Right. George, Killing your dad is 8,000 evil points. Yeah. Yeah. Which is more than blowing up an entire planet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No. And I, and I get, I see these arguments that are, it used to be maybe fun playground arguments, but now they're, they're held up as fact. And these, these little cannon slash achievement checklist <laughs> role for redemption, um, George never worried about that with with Vader because his thing was how can you be tremendously evil but then find redemption and do the right thing in the end and choose to do the right thing in the end. Yeah. That's a valuable lesson in that. <laughs> Star Wars is still teaching those lessons. Yeah, he still has a choice to make. The other thing I'd say on this point is like there's a bunch of great things about in this discussion about it being for kids, but I'd also push back and say yeah, no, I mean, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi are about two of our heroes in their middle age 
right. relearning the lessons they learned in 12 when they were 12. I think the sequel trilogy is kind of explicitly mm-hmm. reminding us that the things that we learn when we're 12 year olds as we go into life, we have to relearn mm-hmm. all the time because life is hard. And that's to me, like it, being of that age, that's why mm-hmm. Han going through his hero's journey again in The Force Awakens yeah. is so meaningful. It's why Luke saying, I, I, I feel if I raise my blade, it will only do harm. So mm-hmm. I don't know what else to do. I have all of the wisdom that I could possibly accrue about the Force, and I still don't know what to do. Yeah. That's for adults, yeah. right? It's for kids, and it's for absolutely for adults. So I think e- even if you're like, the, it's just for 12-year-olds, like, yeah, but it is also for the 12-year-olds living inside 40, 50, 60-year-olds. Excellent point. Excellent point. Because I think they've done this so well. This is one of the, my favorite things. And I, I talk a lot about Brez's comment about Last Jedi is about growing old just as much as it's growing up. I think they were reminding, imagine this. So Star Wars starts 40-plus years ago now, and you're a kid, and you're 10, and you go into real life. You get married. You get separated. You get divorced. Yeah. Your kids go, oh, don't don't like you. You make mistakes at your job, and you feel bad about them. Now you're watching this movie, and you're dealing with that as an adult, and here comes this modern myth returning, and there's a new generation that's learning all these other things, and you're looking at it going, well, I already I already learned about Luke as a farm boy. Why why do I need Ray and da da da? And meanwhile, uh, Star Wars is going. Hey, you're separated. You're going through some problems. <laughs> yeah. He, here's go. Here's a myth for you on how a man can run away from who he's supposed to be, but but he and his wife have a love, and she asks him. You know. Yeah. Luke's f- failed at his job. Really unhappy. And and how does he deal with that? But stay true to himself. Like the lessons are there, and Star Wars is saying. Go maybe back to the beginning and look at your adult problems as you did as a child. Yeah. That's powerful. With imagination. With imagination. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. So we're going to keep moving. This is going to be a long episode. Yeah, it's going to be a long one. Thank you, Freddie. Buckle up, everybody. Uh, So I think we talked a little bit about how video games have uh, demystified the Force and give people the impression it's kind of about uh, uh, power levels and and abilities. Uh, Did did you have any more that you wanted to say about that specific phenomenon? Yeah, no. I mean, it, 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 it riles me up a bit. Because I love Force Unleashed a lot. I'm looking yeah. forward to Fallen Order more than ever now. Yeah. I've seen some of the stuff, and there's going to be some cool things. And, and that's going to be the same kind of video game thing, right? Where yeah. you're like, oh, I, you literally will be like, I'm levitating something. Ah, I ran out of Force juice. Yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> it's a video game functionality thing. You, know, you and I love Battlefront, and I love just mindlessly hacking away at things. So, yeah, I don't have much more to add on it other than you know, coming out of Last Jedi of, like, remember it was like, well, we've never seen Luke did this thing. We've never seen that. Yeah. What power is that? And even Ryan did pull it out of that Legends Jedi Path book or whatever. Like, yeah, hey, he did that video of like, oh, I got it from, from here. here. <laughs> um, and that's where the from frustration yeah. started to build from me for me. Um, because I like I love the prequel lightsaber fights, which are video game like in its own way. And that's but it's players at the top of their game. Um when it's used, when it's used as an argument, well, we've never seen that. Well, how strong are they? And like, what can they can they jump? Yeah. Uh, then it does become, you know, uh, Magic the Gathering on the back. You yeah, know? yeah. I think that that that's my only thought on that yeah. too. Is like, uh, video games are great. The, the force has to be quantified in a video game to make the the hitting the buttons and the fun yeah. happen. Yeah. Uh, but everything for me and my interpretation, going back to Yoda saying, "No, only different in your mind." Force is large and unknowable, and yeah. it attempts to quantify it. We'll talk a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Balance uh, quantifies it a little bit, but uh, yeah, but 
question those. Um, he, he, Freddie Prince Jr. talked about Maul as Sisyphus doomed to push a boulder up a hill. No one is just going to roll back, but what else can he do? Oh, man. And I love that because that yeah. to me is we've talked about it on the show. I love that he was raised and trained by Sidious to like, you're going to be my number two. You're going to live to kill Jedi. Yeah. Eh. I, I'm kind of done with you. So now Maul is just raised, mm. tortured to be a seething ball of hate, removed from mm-hmm. a goal, a purpose. Yeah. And he's just trying to find one. He's so yeah. angry. And I, that's what I like about his story. It's what I like about the gift that Obi-Wan gives him at the end of his life to just hold him and kind of be like, yeah, yeah uh, this is, this, I'm so sorry this happened to you. It's wonderful. And I had not thought it, uh, and I, I did a little Greek mythology in, in, in high school, I'm sure, like a lot of us. Do. Yeah. So it's based a little, I studied Shakespeare a little bit too. So some of the, 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 the seven stories of the world told again time and time. But, but this was really interesting when Freddie said it. I was like, yeah, okay, that makes even more sense now. And it adds more weight to that final moment. That's yeah. one of the best Star Wars moments, that fight with Kenobi and Maul and, 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 and compassion versus vengeance. It's such a powerful thing. And, and that's what these stories should be about. Yeah, absolutely. It just reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, so no such thing as a gray Jedi is one of the other uh, uh, controversial things that flies out of Freddie Prince Jr.'s mouth. Uh, <laughs> you and I have, are both not excited about the gray Jedi no. concept. Why do you push back against it? Look, I love the idea of shades of gray. I love pro wrestling characters that are good guys who do bad things. I love Game of Thrones where you're not quite sure, should I root for Cersei or hate Cersei? Yeah. I love that, and we're so used to that. Star Wars can have fun with that. The Grey Jedi just, it didn't seem right to me, and I don't have any super intelligent thing behind (laughs) that other than when it started to pop up, started to really pop up. It 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 is it takes something of Ray having questions or frustrations with the Force. Yeah, uh, it takes Luke, you know, on the island. Like he's not a gray Jedi. He's 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 got some issues. You know. Yeah, it's either light or dark to me, and and that's what Star Wars is about. Yeah, I think that's the thing for me. Is I think if you're going to use the term gray Jedi, all Jedi are gray Jedi because mm-hmm. they are flawed sentient yes. beings making a choice to strive toward the highest of highs to go in every situation yeah. how can we do what is right and what will create and spread joy and prevent pain and anger and suffering how can we do that in every moment and you know you get those great books like master and apprentice where you see they're all coming at it from a different perspective yeah. and they're wrestling with how to do that and that to me is much more powerful mm-hmm. when you go to real life and you go hey are you somebody who's born you know, really great at sports, born good looking, born with money. You were born with power like a Jedi. Yeah. And you're a flawed human. We're all flawed humans. But if you, you say, I'm going to strive toward the light and every day I'm going to use whatever was given to me Mm -hmm. from wherever it came from to do what is best. Like that's noble and inspiring. And I think gray Jedi to me is this like, yeah, we all have light and darkness inside us. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, but to say like, and it's okay. One day, I'm going to save people. The other day, I'm going to give in to my hatred and just hurt people. Balance. Cool, right? It, the concept of Grey Jedi, especially if you add any level of applying real-world morality to it, feels like you're just saying 50% of the time, I can do whatever the hell I want. 
and it's cool because yeah. hey man we're all we're all balanced like yeah. it, i i worry that it becomes a sort of like eh. some days qui-gon saves people other days he's just like i'm gonna take that yeah <laughs> murders and steals and it's okay. He's in balance. He's in balance. And there's something about that that doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. Yeah. No, it's just on a base level. Just never sat well with me. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Might be more to it. And I know we have yep. some great Jedi fans out there. So let us know your thoughts. For now, we are going to take a quick break and then get into balance. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Them. 
Welcome back to Force Center. Thanks for sticking around. We love keeping the lights on for you with this great conversation that's inspiring a lot of feelings in me, Joseph. Uh, <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. It's really struck a chord with me, and uh, we're going on here. Yeah, we're going to talk now about, I think, the kind of meatiest thing that he said, which is the idea about how balance in the Force works. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, lots of characters in Star Wars say different things about balance. The prophecy about, right. about Anakin is bringing balance, and... Uh, there are different lines that you can grab from lots of different sources to mm-hmm. kind of make a argument for how mm-hmm. you as a fan define balance. But it's it's a big part of Star Wars and, and not a totally defined one. But Freddie was offering some definition. Yeah. So we're going to talk about it and see uh, see how we feel about it. Uh, so Freddie Prince Jr. in a rant on a comedy podcast said this essential thing about the mystical energy field of force, uh, that it is not user skill necessarily that dictates who wins and loses at different points in time. Uh, but rather it is the balance of the force, the force correcting in itself, uh, uh, in some way. Does this idea of balance resonate with you that it's not about skill. It's about what the force wants. It does. I have, and I think there's some room to question this because, again, even Freddie said, "Hey, let me just here's a quick version of it." And yeah. I, I think George, or I'm thinking more of even Dave Filoni. I'd love to hear his TED talk on this yeah. because uh, we, he loves this stuff and he's great at this stuff. This is yeah. one of Dave's strengths. Um, I went immediately upon hearing this because you start going, "Okay, let me lay this down." Because it, it, it's so beautiful to think Palpatine, Anakin becomes Vader, twins are born. Yeah, balance. Uh, and then the idea of the yeah, your skills don't let you in. It's what the force. Because last week we talked about you know, how strong is the force, and I was like, you know, what does the force want? Is yeah. always my question. Though, what does the force want? Who's it rooting for? Yeah. Uh, and it's a it's a the rebels say it, and the bad guys don't. The empire's not saying may the force be with you. Um, <laughs> yes. But all of this, I went to Lore Santeca. Okay. And without Jedi, there can be no balance. And okay, like. That's interesting. And then you tie that to Jason Fry's last Jedi novelization of the Force going, wow, Luke cut himself off. We got to get to him somehow. Yeah. Because darkness now, had, and our darkness is up and running, and we the light is out of balance. We need him to come yeah. back in some way. He needs to sign back into the Force job that he has. <laughs> we're going to go through a dream. And starts to make more sense to me. Yeah. 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 I think that it, I really like the idea that the, the force does want some kind of balance. Yeah. But that even our, our heroes and our villains don't always fully comprehend what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I gravitate toward, and I did this episode of star Wars counseling about it. Uh, Luke says in last Jedi, if you want to take Luke as an authority mm-hmm. that, he, you know, he defeated Sidious and, and, and Vader was gone. And for a long time, there was balance. Mm-hmm. And then he started training Kylo and Kylo's evil rose. Mm-hmm. And so he feels like, ah, I, I, I kicked I kicked the cycle back into mm-hmm. into power. And, and the whole idea of balance just being sort of like, yes, there is natural darkness uh, yeah, you know, yeah. there, there is, we live and we die and that's a natural cycle. And if you think of death as darkness and, uh, you know, life is light, things need to die in order for new things to live. And mm-hmm. like, there is a, a beauty to it. Uh, and to me, it makes sense that that's why the Jedi are just like, we just want to maintain everything because yeah. the universe will take care of its own balance of light and dark. Yeah. But we start doing things. Mm-hmm. We escalate conflict. We escalate the dark side, but 
so so to me, like the, the the desire to just have the galaxy in balance makes sense. Yeah, starting to attribute the Force wants Palpatine to win a fight in this moment mm-hmm. because they feel the dark side needs to be in, in power yeah, yeah. for a while. Yeah. That gets really interesting to me. Yeah, and I don't think that what Freddie is saying is well. I won't speak for Freddie. Uh, yeah. Actually, I, I take that back. Um, <laughs> Uh, the, the, the skill thing is like I think skill matters. Obviously, we see yes, that again yeah. and again. People people have different skill levels or, or uh, experience uh, experience or exploit somebody's emotional weakness that they're fighting. Mm-hmm. But I like it from this perspective of like Yoda. Yoda is just as skilled as Darth Sidious, mm-hmm. but in Revenge of the Sith, is a little bit from the novelization. Mm-hmm. He can't beat him because Palpatine's had the galaxy at war. Yeah killing each other for all these years. Jedi are dying left and right for order 66. And it's like the dark side is this powerful wave. Yeah. Insidious is writing it and no amount of skill from Yoda in that moment can stand against that Mm. power of the dark side. Like that's an interesting way for me to think about it. So like, yeah, skills matters, but sometimes doesn't matter how skilled you are. The, the galaxy is flush with dark side power yeah. and Yoda can't push back on this right now. Yeah. And I like, cause if you start looking at the, cause again, a beautiful example, Anakin, Vader, Palpatine, t- the twins, you look at it in terms of numbers and that, that would be, I think that would be wrong if you carry it out from that s- story. George put that in there. That's great. I, I love all that. Yeah. But what you're describing, like there's still uh, thousands of Jedi and two Sith. So that's not balanced, right? We're, we're missing 9,998 uh, Sith. Um, no, it goes more to the last Jedi monologue of, of what do you, what do you feel, Ray? Porg's alive and Porg's dying. That's balance. Yep. So uh, I'm yeah. up, up in the light side, but there's a dark side cave below. Balance. It, yeah. It'd be wrong to take Freddy's and, and even characters in and, and we 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 know Lucas some people have tweeted out like dialogue is not canon or fact. It's dialogue. It's the opinion of that character. Uh, so yeah. even Lord Santeco or even Luke, even Luke in that moment, yeah. he, he could be, you know, saying so. So but when it comes from George, it is it's it's you should take note. And, and, and see where it goes. But I, again, I, I'm, I'm almost saying to myself, don't get caught up on numbers, get caught up on the emotions of the balance. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. So there's a big mm-hmm. thing that Freddie says is that the emperor, through his understanding of the force's demand for balance, believes that if the emperor kills Anakin, the force will respond in some way uh, by balancing the light side. Uh, so he chooses not to kill Anakin, but to seduce him and bring him to the dark side. Now there are mm-hmm. two very powerful dark side Sith. I like the idea of the twins being born yeah. very, very powerful in the light in response to that, that, that tracks with me. But then it just starts to make lots of interesting questions of like, well, mm. uh, all right. So what would have the force done had Palpatine just straight up killed Anakin? Right. You know, would, like would that like all all living Jedi in that moment have got an instant power up from the yeah. force <laughs> not to make it about video games, but like, yeah, yeah. or would just, yes, just like the galaxy hubris, you know, yeah. the hubris of it would like, would the dark side literally just lessen and he could feel the potency of his own power mm. slip away the same way the Jedi were losing the potency of their connection to the force right, right. during the prequels. And, and also like if the, the idea is I can, I can make the force uh, not respond as aggressively with its correction right. if I don't 
kill him, kill him. but if I seduce him, yeah. if I make it his choice, that's really interesting to me. Yeah, and then the, uh, the emperor knew, as, as uh, you know, I did, that uh, if Anakin had any offspring, there'd be a threat to him. So Palpatine's yeah. going to be like, oh, God. Yep. Hope, uh, hope the Force didn't do nothing. <laughs> hope the Force didn't make too many powerful yeah. Jedi babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how, how do you feel about the kill versus seduction? What does that do to your thoughts on on the balance of the Force? It expands it in a wonderful way where, again, going back to as a, as a child, it just makes sense. Uh, he wants uh, Vader on his side. Now he wants Luke on his side. It's, it's a strategy. He wants to win. And I still think he wants to win. This is his way of, of, of not gaming the system, but a little bit of like... All right, like you just said, I, I got to play with it a little bit. Don't get mad at me, Force. I'm just going to take this guy on this side. Yeah, uh, and it makes it even more nuanced to me. Just what Palpatine was doing, uh, and, and it wasn't just a power grab. Uh, I, I really do like that aspect. It yeah, fixes, you know what I mean. It just expands a little bit more. What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think I, one of the things that my mind went to is like, well, what does this idea do to the perspective that Anakin died when Vader was born? If he's like, I can't straight up kill him. If Palpatine's like, I can't just cut off Anakin Skywalker's head, mm-hmm. but I can choose to have him suppress Anakin. Obi-Wan believes Anakin is gone. Yeah. Palpatine seems to want to believe that uh, Anakin is gone. Vader calls him the Jedi and yeah. like, I killed him. He was weak. I killed him. Yeah. But it's really interesting to me that, like, maybe Palpatine understood the truth is, no, 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 he he's always there. I just got him to choose, choose. To, to suppress himself. I got him to choose to suppress himself in darkness. And then you get to just, Obi-Wan and, Anakin, or Obi-Wan and Vader are both telling themselves that Anakin is dead, because that's what they need to believe. That's what they need to believe at that time. Especially Obi-Wan, I think. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this is this is a in, in a three minute rant. He's this is why I was so excited <laughs> to dive in here. Yeah, well, how do you feel about the idea of Anakin being dead or alive within Vader, and what that might mean for the balance? I I love the moments. Here's what I, I'm, I love the moments when Anakin emerges. I always say they're at war with each other, right? So yeah. So that does that count for some of the numeric balance? Which yeah. I know we're saying, but that. Not that Anakin suddenly emerges and Vader's giving flowers to people instead of chopping them down, but yeah. just that the the force the force is waiting. Maybe force is like this guy's. Does the force know? It's yeah. that question of uh, you know if if God's in control, do you still make your choices? Yep, yeah, you got to make your choices. If some happen, what? Why? It's these big, deep spiritual, philosophical, philosophical questions. Um, is the force waiting for Anakin to reemerge to choose? Yeah, and it's this plan, and and and, and like not that Luke was force created, but like. You know, like, don't worry, it's going to happen. And that's why it's important that the that these two characters exist inside the, the, the cow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is this always the prophecy of, yeah. like, bring balance to the force means uh, get pregnant with Padme. Yeah. And your kids will bring balance to the force. Or, you know, you are going to fall. You are destined to fall. And the force will eventually want to balance that by your offspring seeking yeah. out the light. Uh, so the prophecy was... Um, <laughs> get pregnant with Padme, and they hey you brought balance to the force because yeah. your, your kids are going to set things right yeah yeah it's so it's yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to think what, what i'm trying to explain what what uh i just as a kid i think i get hung up as a kid going back to that too balance to the force meant complete defeating of the other side right yeah big victory and 
that's why I still go now, well, what does the force really want? And that goes back to Luke's speech of it's hubris to say we have anything to do with that. And does the light is the light side cheering for the rebellion? It makes sense. Yeah. I think it should be. I don't think the light side is like, yeah, it's great. Well, Bonnie is a planet that's just <laughs> destroyed and people are in slave labor camps. Yeah, I don't think yeah. the force is happy about that. So it and there should be some open ended stuff. I like that the even the prophecy that George has said Anakin's the one. I love that 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 Obi Wan's like I don't know who this George Lucas guy is, but it's Luke. <laughs> I think it's Luke. Yeah, uh, yeah this, one of the really interesting things to me, given that this came, you know, uh, uh, Freddie Prince is saying this came from Lucas and Filoni. Yeah, one of the things that really uh, made my eyes pop a while back when I watched the Yoda uh, final episodes of Clone Wars until yeah. February 2020 yeah. uh, final episodes where he is getting instruction from the wills or the mm-hmm. force priestesses uh, who may or may not be wills, but the force yeah. priestesses is saying, you know, it's important that you live on cause you will instruct the one who will bring balance. Yeah. So to me that felt like saying you're going to instruct Luke. Luke is going to defeat the dark side. Yeah. Defeating the Sith is balance. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why my mm-hmm. mind always goes back to like getting the galaxy just back to a natural state where the light and dark exist, but they're not constantly fighting one another because fighting one another is the dark side. Great way to look at it. They don't the the light dark the light and dark exist. They're just not necessarily uniforms on them. Yeah, <laughs> on on the dark side. Yeah, I like that idea. I can get behind that one. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting to me. So if, if Palpatine was of the mind that you don't kill him, you turn him. That's mm. the way to make the force not over course correct. Do you think that's why he wanted to seduce Luke? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think maybe I like this idea that Palpatine doesn't is like steady, steady. I'm just going to don't watch what I'm doing. Look at my hand over here. <laughs> I got now I got reinforcements. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. It's very interesting to me that, uh, that idea that you can bend the force, but you can't break it. Yeah, in particular, obviously yeah. he feels fine to slaughter lots of Jedi. Yeah, yeah. But it does it, that makes Anakin and Luke even more special that they are sort of like the anointed heroes of the light side from the Force's perspective. Yeah, right. So he's like, ah, yeah, I, I can slaughter your basics. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kid Fisto <laughs> like, yeah. ain't gonna do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Kid Fisto can go, but not yeah. these these Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Palpatine Invaders Rise is the reason that uh, the the Force gave twins Anakin and Padme. Um, we we talked about that, but that does get into num- numeric. Freddie's even saying two for two. Two for two. How yeah, do you feel does, about yeah. the numeric? It 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 makes sense until you start pulling it out. I mean, it makes sense overall, but again, I go to the 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 prequel era or something like that. Does that mean two Sith on their trading card are just as powerful <laughs> as ten thousand Jedi? Maybe, maybe it does. Um, but I like that in terms of just the simple storytelling. There has to be uh, there has to be that kind of balance with our main characters because this is a story with main characters. The story Kit Fisto can be told another time. Right. So I, I, I like to focus on the big balance between it. The yeah. two versus two, one versus one. But not in a fight, just in existing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't, from, for myself, when you get really into the nitty gritty of tracking everything. I, yeah. It gets, yeah. Because yeah, to me, like, hey, yeah, there were, there were 10,000 Jedi during the Clone Wars. 
But the Sith were winning. They created a fake war to spread misery. Yeah. The dark side was doing great. It's why the Jedi were clouded. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I don't think perfect balance was created when it was Obi-Wan and Yoda and a bunch of other right. light side users running around. Um, mm. But there, there is something to me about just the Force being sort of a literally responsive yeah. of their two very powerful Sith. This woman's pregnant anyway. They become two... Mm. Uh, very, very powerful light side users. That is, uh, is really interesting to me. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the numeric balance, like you were saying, it's a value just in like, Hey, it's a mythic story, right? It's good versus evil, light Mm. versus dark. And there is a certain sense to just being a little binary about that. Yeah. Um, so Palpatine, if, if the force is going to course correct a lot, Palpatine dies, Mm. Anakin wins over the in the war between himself and Vader, and he's gone. Is the darkness that was always in Ben Solo is that a, the Force responding to Palpatine being gone? If the if you because mm-hmm. Freddie's argument is you track it and it all makes sense. Yeah. So I'm trying to think. Well, when Palpatine dies, what rises? Very soon after. Yeah, very soon after. Uh, Kylo is born, and yeah. is from the womb. Leia consents. He has great potential for light and great potential for dark. And you get the sense poor Kylo's been, Ben's been struggling with this <laughs> since he was before, in the diapers, right? Since before he was bored, man. Since before he yeah. was, uh, yeah. Yeah, I actually like this idea. I do like this idea as it starts to play out. Um, uh, that, again, then Luke's talking about, hey, there was balance. So, again, that goes to the bigger stuff, the bigger picture, life, life and death, light and dark. Um, not the numeric stuff, but that the force, the force is working already. And maybe, and, and, and Luke knew that. And maybe Luke felt that. And maybe that's why he's like, uh, just, I can't, we can't do this again. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. Ghost of like, Hey, if Luke feels yeah. like I made a mistake by training him in the yeah. novelization, they play up that Snoke mm-hmm. is trying to manipulate Luke into yeah. starting the school. And you go back to that. If I just let him be, if mm-hmm. I just, if he was just like, Hey, you know what, Ben, go be a racer like your dad. Yeah. But instead I, I tried to get you to, tap into this full potential. Yeah. And it created the opening for this darkness. Yeah. Cause it would, and that's also, let's not forget Leia's in the picture, right? And she was right. going to be trained and maybe started taking some, some weekend courses with Luke and decided <laughs> yeah. the government was where she needed to stay. You know, what would that have done? Yeah. If she fully yeah, accessed fully, her light side. Yeah. Yeah. Fully accessed, had a, had a blade and went on a gathering thing of her own would, uh, not that she would have twins suddenly. <laughs> uh, oh, maybe, maybe she did. Maybe that's Ray. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, I don't I, Yeah. The numbers, this is why of all the things Freddie said, I'm a little more like, all right, I'd love to, I'd love to hear the full speech. Yeah. I'd love George. He wouldn't probably answer the force awakens questions, but I love Filoni too. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I think I like, I keep liking thinking of it is like a wave. Cause to me it's mm-hmm. something organic. And if there's, and if the dark side or the light is just a huge wave, the force will throw up some counterforce to, to break that break wave and get it back to some level of the sea's still moving. Yeah. It's always it's moving, balance, but, but that's, there's different than a huge yeah. wave. And we got one now. Yeah, we got one now. Uh, so there's uh, the the sequel trilogy. The first movie is called The Force Awakened. Uh, the Force <laughs> Awakens. There's so much talk about Rey. Like, it's always been inside me, but it's it's, it's alive and yeah. hungry now. Darkness rises. Light to meet it. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, Snoke thought it would be Luke, but it's Rey. Mm-hmm. So what does all this do for your thoughts about Rey awakening in response to Kylo? 
the, then Kylo's rise in darkness. Yeah, then it really, really works for me uh, in terms of just the balance and the force saying, well, Luke's cut off. We got this over here. And again, however, if she's a clone of his thumb, I don't care. Yeah. But the force is like, all right, it's now's the time. And Luke, here's the vision. Now's the time. When you d- didn't get involved or you got involved, here's if you had gone your way and not got involved and just dropped Obi-Wan off. There's what would have happened. It's time for you to come back because the the the, the wave is, is crashing back. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And Ray is a response. To Kylo, yeah. specifically. I'm so glad that you brought up that uh, great intro to the novelization where mm. Luke has that dream of if he had just not done anything, yeah, uh, that the galaxy would be worse off. Yeah. Uh, so, so to me, that my interpretation of like the the galaxy wants to just the Force wants the galaxy to just kind of be at balance. It has this interesting tension with like mm. so many lessons in Star Wars of like when you're faced with darkness, though the hero doesn't turn away, right? Yeah. It goes into Han being a reluctant hero, goes into Jyn Erso being a reluctant hero. Yeah. They become heroes when they turn around and do something. So obviously inactivity isn't the answer, which becomes more interesting if the force is sort of like, look, ideally we would just be in this nice sway, but Hey, if there's a huge crest, yeah, I'm going to push one of you to get off your ass and do something about this huge wave. And this is the the force activating the light side every time the dark side sort of like because the dark side's naturally going to be like, yeah. oh, a bounce. Cool. Yeah. Bounce sounds good. Thanks. Yeah. I'll take your half of the bounce. Yeah. Right. That's what the dark side would do. Absolutely. So it makes sense that the force would come along and go, hey, hey, mm-hmm. they're taking half the balance again. Yeah. They're taking your half of the balance again. Why and don't like, you wake up and, and yeah. act? And how long? You know, we don't know if Luke packs up his bags, runs away and. Does he immediately shut off, shut off the force? Maybe. Was he sitting there and the force is trying other ways? Yeah, the force is trying you know, to get to him. Caretakers yeah. are slipping him notes. This just came <laughs> down from the skies. You know, and Texts finally, from Laura Santeca for sure. <laughs> yeah. And Laura knows, you know, people know he's gone. Uh, so, like, again, what does the force want? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I was going to go off into a tangent, but no, no, no this, is, this has been Tangent City, so uh, we're going to... It's inspired a lot. Yeah, it's inspired a lot. Um, so if the Force does decide the victory in combat, at least partially based on balance, or however you, you take that, the, um, the a skilled warrior has extra advantage if the, the Force wants something to go a certain way, put it that way. Freddie even said this, like, I could tell you who's going to win and lose in the next movie. <laughs> Spoilers. So... Who do you think is going to win and lose in episode nine based on balance? Who Who's in play? Which side is rising? Who needs yeah. to go for the other side to be in balance? All that stuff. I, You know, let's just say if Ray goes dark, and I, and I don't think any of that trailer is a clue of that. I think it just could be something else. But let's, yeah. let's just say, in my mind right now, Ray goes dark. To me, Kylo has to save her in death. From the dark side, switching sides at the last moment, dying and putting her back to the light. Yeah. Maybe Palpatine's still there. And again, I don't think suddenly, uh, you know, Qui-Gon, Luke and Abe Lincoln show back up and fight Palpatine. (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, like that makes sense for the Ben Demption of, of, of he has to do that. Again, is he, is he like watching Ray go, no, I must flip sides to bring balance? No, it's just the natural f- flow of what the Force would want if she goes dark. Yeah. I still don't think she will, though. Yeah. I don't know. 
again, dark doesn't mean that 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 clip we saw. I don't, I, you know, I still think Vision or so. I don't know. I don't right. Know. Yeah. But I don't think she's suddenly, you know, Darth Ray, Darth Scavenger. You know, I don't yeah. think she's that. I don't think that happens. <laughs> Darth Scavengers. But she's on on the edge of it. Palpatine yeah. or whatever's there, and I don't know. If Palpatine's back. This is what I love about the movie. I don't know. Yeah. Um. And it's great to think of uh, of. Yeah. of if it is, you know, cycles, right? And yeah. Palpatine turned Anakin because outright death is not the best for him. He yeah. wanted to turn Luke. Uh, when he didn't turn Luke, he was like, okay, I'll take my chances. I'm going to kill him. Yeah. Uh, so he's clearly open to it. But that would really be interesting. He was like, eh, this girl, Ray, I need to turn her, you know? Yeah. And that if that is what's at stake for her is she is being preyed upon by Palpatine in this very specific way. Yeah. And then you start getting into... Well, okay, if that starts to work, the, does the the light side in in Ben Solo mm-hmm. start to rise because the dark is rising in Ray and they're so intimately connected? Yeah, you got Palpatine pulling the strings. It's really interesting uh, where that balance comes from. This is also why I love that Snoke's gone, or at least out of the pick. You know, Palpatine Palpatine could be Snoke. Snoke could be not dead. All those things, but as of right now the story is that Snoke's out of the picture because if Snoke was still there and it was a story of Kylo and Snoke fighting Ray and it's too predictable in my mind where we're again, the force is kind of predictable in a way. It's kind of what Freddie was saying, but I just so more intrigued by this Palpatine X factor. Yeah. Yeah. Coming to complete what he started in a way. Well, it'll be really interesting to, to see if like, well, does Palpatine represent imbalance? Yes, because yeah. he so accelerates the dark side mm-hmm. and there's no part of him that's like oh, a little glimmer of light I have to snuff out. Right. He is he's pure. He's pure dark side. So yeah. if the story is how do we how do we eliminate this once and for all and still have balance? Balance, yeah. Like there'd be interesting to me if if Kylo uh if there is a the sort of bendemption and mm-hmm. like we've discussed part of that he, that he goes he just goes into isolation and yeah. has a little bit of that like I am half dark, I am half light. That is who I am. Mm. I'm I'm just going to take myself out of society, but that's still there, pulsing. It's still present. It's still it's alive, but it's not. I, yeah. But he's not putting his thumb on the scales. Yeah, it's just the cycle of life. You know, it's just there's lightness, there's darkness, and I I they both pull at me. Yeah, uh, I'll go be. It's a new Mortis. <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's something to that of like that yeah. Mortis. They're just trying to hang out yeah. there, holding the holding the balance in place, right? Yeah. Um, talk about that more. Uh, so the dark and the light can be balanced in existence, obviously, mm-hmm. but in the story of star Wars, in your own personal opinion of the real world, right. Can they be balanced in action? Meaning what do you, what do you say? You want me to say, well, here's what I mean. Just, yeah. I'll put it in star Wars. Terms. I want, yeah. Right. Uh, on Octo, mm-hmm. there is a powerful place of light, right? High on the Island mm-hmm. in balance. There's a dark cave. Right. The light invites you to sit there and meditate, and the dark wants to pull you in and and pull at your Torment. weaknesses yeah, and, yeah. and and make you, But they're just sitting there, sitting there, okay. being. Mm-hmm. That's really different than Kylo going. I want my way, so I'm going to slaughter a hundred innocent people. Right? right? That's that's the dark side in action yeah. versus just sitting there on a cave going. Come in if you want to. I've got something you want. Like yeah. It, no, I don't. Yeah, to me, it, it it gets down to that essential, like, just balance in nature, in reality, balance in humans versus mm. us 
making the choice to act on them. And Star Wars is so much about choice. Yeah. And that's where I always uh, struggle with like the just like, hey, yin yang balance. It all makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah. But as soon as somebody acting out of fear and anger chooses to kill, to murder, to to spread darkness, Mm -hmm. to, you know, destroy the natural world in, in a way that you don't replenish anything in the natural world. It's not a natural cycle. It's just ravaging and taking and destroying. As soon as those actions happen, how can there be balance? Cause it's just the darkness eating the light. So specifically to Kylo deciding to slaughter people, I go to go back to Luke saying of like to Ray, do you feel that? Do you feel that? Who, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Who are you to think you can control that? Well, that's to be the dark side, a dark side user trying to control that balance for their side. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think, I think the force needs to be, and then what does does a Jedi rising up to fight and defend those a hundred people that that's it's not that's not even a fair trade. So no, I, I don't think the force can be balanced by in inaction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to me, it's an ownership. To me, it's an ownership. Kylo doing that, it's an owner. Is I'm going to it's Palpatine. I'm going to try to own it. You got to be careful with that. Um, but I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of the opposite of that. Yeah. What's what's the counter? Yeah. Um, I think it all works for me as dark and light side as an existence of a natural thing. Here's 100 people. Maybe not kill them. You know, yeah. that's what the force would want. We'll take care of that in time. Yeah. You don't need to own it. Yeah. I don't know. It's really interesting. I yeah. Know. I mean, I think when, when I imagine it being balanced in personification of like, yeah. hey, what if, you know, Palpatine or we'll go with it. Palpatine gets wiped out. Kylo yeah. goes all dark. He mm-hmm. is the representation of darkness ray mm. goes all light she is the representation of light cool helmet. and they just spend yeah they just spend the rest of their years like literally balancing each other in action like <laughs> kylo goes here to kill ray tries to defend stop him from killing every once in a while kylo gets through and he kills he kills and uh, and sometimes ray saves like yeah is that literal balance in action you know it, that, it, it, that, that's what i start struggling with if like what what is because she's not always going to save, right? Right, right, right. Nope. So. And, and then it, in, is that getting to real life? Because like yeah. sometimes just accidents happen. Somebody, nobody, nobody meant to kill another person with their car, but right. they, they're not drunk. They're not texting. Just they just look the wrong way for a second. And somebody died, and it's horrible, and it's not natural, but it's yeah. darkness, and it exists, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's so different than I am going to put on a dark mask, call myself a monster, and kill. Kill, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> We're not laughing at the dark kills, but yes, totally. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't try to lay ownership to the to the force. The force. To me, I wonder if the force is getting mad. Yeah, <laughs> it's mad. Well, at yeah, Luke. that's a that's a really great way to look at it. Of the if the like, force is saying like this is what we need to be yeah. in balance. Yeah. Then we're you know we're letting the dark side have its way with yeah. the galaxy. Yeah. For a while, because there's some cosmic balance there to be attained there. Mm-hmm. But that's a, I mean, it's, it's a, uh, is that, is that just accepting? I mean, this gets just like deep, deep <laughs> no, philosophical, no, no. deep real life religious things. He's like, yeah, no, it, if, it the force, to that. if the force wanted that, is there a point where you go like, hey, force, not cool. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To let the Sith reign for 20 years. Without joy, there's no pain. Without pain, there's no joy. Well, yeah. all right, I like to. I like a little more of the joy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joy's good. I'll stick with the joy. Jo- joy's uh, fun, right? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't have all the answers on the force. <laughs> I don't have all the answers on the force. No, you should. No, should nor you. should you. Yeah. And I think that's another thing too. Yeah, I think that's another thing about this rant too. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. this is about, uh, our characters are always trying to better understand the force. Yeah, and trying to listen to the will of the force. So they're they're trying to understand these things, right? Those textbooks of Luke don't just yeah. go like, "Here's the answer." You see, every twenty years, right, things are going to be real bad for a while, and then twenty more years, they'll be good. And if there's three bad guys, there'll be three good guys. Like that's not what those books say, right? Saying. They're they're and that's what Yoda. Yoda's they're struggling like, to understand. Yeah, that's what Yoda's like. Yeah, yeah, books. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, she already knows. Don't worry about the books. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we could talk about this forever, and we'll revisit these yeah. things. It is already a super long episode, but I just want to uh, end with a, mm, a sort of philosophical, hopefully fun question. Yeah. If you think about the dark in light mm-hmm. uh, being affected by our own actions yeah how uh how could you today affect the uh the balance you know you stay off twitter um, <laughs> that is the biggest temptation to go to the dark side all the time uh to me it's how you respond to situations well you and i talked about up top uh if you and I read a Star Wars book we don't like as much as the others, we make the choice to approach it and use words that don't back other people into corners who yeah. would enjoy that. And that's trying to keep our balance. Yeah, yeah. So I do that in my own life. Today. Yes. Spread the joy <laughs> of speaking relatively calmly <laughs> relatively about calm. Star Wars. And maybe we'll see if that's what the Force wants. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That is it for our Freddie Prince Jr. epic discussion. Uh, it was you got me going on some of those things, man, uh, and uh, love it. All right, we're going to go to audience questions in the time we have left here today. Ellie at Ellie Murdoch, Ellie R. Murdoch. If you could add one scene to any Star Wars movie, which movie would it be, and what scene would you add? So this is great because we're going to be doing shortly soon on a Star Wars rank. You and I are going to be having some fun with some. Special editions that we never got from like the Ooh, prequels, right? Yeah, you know, Billy Patterson and I did the special edition editions we wanted in the original trilogy. <laughs> so this is kind of in that vein. What, yeah. do you, what do you think? Okay, well, I'll save my prequel answer uh, okay. for that. So we'll do a little bit of a sizzle for that. That'll come up. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I would say outside of the prequels because that was going to be my answer. I would add a political scene to The Force Awakens. To yeah, to yeah. clarify, um, speaking of uh, uh, having criticisms and speaking them calmly, I do think that there was a concern of like, ooh, pe- politics are yeah. prequels and people don't want that. But I think it would have helped to have a little bit more clarity on the relationship between the Republic and the Resistance. It's there in the crawl, but having a little bit more clarity and having yeah. a little bit more clarity of like, how did where was the First Order physically? How did people perceive them? All of that just being a little bit clearer in, in The Force Awakens would be awesome. Yeah, that's funny. I, I went to the Corsella stuff that we know is a little bit more present maybe in the book. Uh, yeah. And just what we know in knowledge of just explaining a little bit more of that context. I think it would help because we still get questions. And I don't, and not making fun of it, but like questions like, well, why, wait, wait, why does the New Republic, you know, I'm, I had that question come on The Force Awakens. And I think the second viewing was, oh, that Huck speech is just pretty much him giving some exposition on the state of the galaxy and yeah. then destroying the galaxy. And you see the ship. I think I missed the ships literally being destroyed around the planet. And that's part of the new Republic Navy. Yeah. And yeah, there might be all around the galaxy, but the hubs destroyed. So all that context into that Corsella stuff might explain a yeah. little bit. How about you? What scene would you add? Um, I, I think um, I'm, I, 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 
I would love so that Kylo deleted scene Force Awakens where he goes back into the Falcon. Oh, yeah. I like that a lot. The deleted scene, again, deleted scenes are deleted for a reason often. I'd I'd like some version of that. Um, And then I'll add in bonus uh, footage as well. I do think I would have liked, I love Ryan so much, but I would have loved that one little moment of Luke kind of crying to himself or getting emotional over the news of Han. Yeah. Not just as it relates to Han, but also like, what have I done even more? Like, what have I stayed out? Yeah. And I could have, and, and I know we talked about the pay. I know. And again, you can't say, well, they, they cut that out, but they left uh, 12 minutes of father years. And it doesn't, that's not how it works with editing. It's the, not necessarily, you're not hitting like a, you don't, take from one end and put the other, you know, um, balance. Yeah. What a balance, whatever you saw in that scene, I still watch the deleted scene and go, Oh man, I would have liked that. Yeah. It's really powerful. Cause you know, those of us who want to imagine when, when Luke says, I saw it, what Kylo would do, what Ben would do, he would destroy yeah. everything I love. Yeah. And it even has that more weight of like, I, did he see this? Yeah. Yeah. I, knew it. I should yeah. have done something. Uh, Dean cook, what character do you most connect to and why? Mm. I mean, I think our answers are relatively what they've always been, right? Yeah. Mine yeah. is Han. Yeah. But it's funny how it's grown. It's yeah. grown. Like who it, who tempts you away from Han? Um, who tempts me away? Old man Luke. Yeah. I mean, honestly, old man Luke tempts me away. I took a lot of his, a uh, lot of his stuff to heart. Yeah. Uh, and you know, because there's always the, you know, I love my Moff Gerards and my Veers and all my Imperial officers and love Infus Nest. I, I do like Cassian. I like a lot of those characters, but uh, I, I've and, I, and for let's not forget, I absolutely learned so much from Leia constantly. Oh too. yeah. So Leia's, I think Leia's the perfect Star Wars character. I went on uh, Jason Inman and Ashley Robinson Inman's uh, podcast, and and uh, um, that was my answer for like the best of the best of the characters. Right. She embodies everything about Star Wars, um, but Han still, it yeah. always will be my 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 lesson. Yeah. My guy, my lesson. Yeah, and Leia, Leia never questions acting. She never yep. gets hung up on the philosophy of should I do this? She's like, no, it yep. needs to be done. I'll do it. Uh, yeah. So I think uh, important there. Uh, yeah, certainly old man Luke. Certainly Luke as I was growing up for yeah. sure. But I think Obi-Wan is, uh, mm. is, to me, he is this incredibly flawed person who's trying to do the right thing so hard. And that that's that's easy to relate to. And, you know, I think he is both patient and impulsive. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of that sort of <laughs> the hypocritical in him. And, and I just love that he is a little grumpy. A little grumpy. So like when I feel like, hey, look, I'm trying my best to, to be yeah. a good person, to live my life like a Jedi. But also, <laughs> I really relate to Obi-Wan Kenobi from yeah. that perspective. Yeah. Uh, to Patreon we go. A couple of questions there. Levi Bond, what is your favorite piece of ancillary Star Wars storytelling? Could be Legends or Canon, animated show, comic book, uh, comic or comic book. My pick would either be Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, that comic run, or the older Star Wars Dark Times. Glad you guys continue to be a positive force in fandom. Keep at it. Well, thank you, Levi, for helping us along that way, along that path to be a positive force. So this, this is big. This is a, this is a yeah. ranking. I don't know if I can come up with just one. But uh, where does your mind go? Yeah, I scanned Levi's parameters. And since he included animated show, I got to go with the uh, Obi-Wan and Maul fight in Rebels. Yeah, there's so much tied up in that of Maul's great story. And to me, it's just one of the perfect moments Mm -hmm. of uh, Obi-Wan having figured out the path of being a Jedi of knowledge and defense. He's he is intuiting, you know, what's going on with Maul. 
he's not he doesn't want to fight Maul. He gets no glory in that, no desire for it. No video game points. Right. But when Maul threatens Luke, that's his mission. That's what he's there yep. for. He ignites his blade only in defense. And he defeats him only because Maul will mm-hmm. hurt Luke. And then he has nothing but tries to make that kindness, tries to make that connection. And, yeah. You know, holds this person who's killed multiple people he loves. You know, there's just so much great about it, you know. It Rebels is great, but that is almost outside of Rebels to me. Yeah, it's just to yeah. me like one of the best pieces of of Star Wars. Yeah, good answer. How about you? Uh, I mean, I, I love a lot of the books uh, and a lot of yeah, comics, that's but think you know, nothing distills so many things I love about Star Wars except for that yeah. ridiculously short <laughs> scene that just contains so much. Some, some yeah, the, the, if we're breaking it down to little arcs too, and, and not just going Clone Wars, right? Uh, um, <laughs> Because a lot of Clone Wars I didn't connect with a lot. Don't get me wrong, like I love, um, but the the Ahsoka leaving. Okay, yeah, I I was intrigued by it because we you know we always had that when the Clone Wars started. Well, well, she's got to be gone by Revenge of the Sith. She's probably gonna die, and then to, to to have that happen and have it be so beautiful and form her character, but also give hints at, at Anakin and it's, yeah, it's Anakin losing someone else. It challenges, you know, when she's standing before an all-star team of Jedi going, we're, we're so sorry. Uh, those were your, that, that was your test. Congratulations. You passed. You're a Jedi. You passed. Yeah. And, and for her to turn it, it's really powerful. It's really a lesson in individuality and standing up for things. And, and, and I really was blown away by that one. And then, you know, also I, I love, I'll go a little Legends. I know I don't do that. And, and I'm kind of grumpy at Legends. Um, Lucino's Darth Plagueis novel, still one of the more intriguing ones. I wish... I wish that that was just canon. You'd need to kind of re-figure some stuff out. Yeah. But I love that one. I think Lucino's so good. I, I really I really think the, right now for me, the most perfect Star Wars storytelling outside the movies and in, in, in one com- th- is, is Leia, Princess of Alderaan for me. Yeah. The more I go back to that, and I wrote out about some scenes and I forgot about like, oh, I can't believe I didn't talk about that. And then and then I was we did the Star Wars ranked episode with uh, with Dan Whalen, the, the the food author. And, and he we did. And, and that Tarkin dinner scene. Yeah. Is some of the best Star Wars and of, even of all Claudia stuff, Lost Stars gets a lot of the headlines as it should. And I love that. Bloodlines. I think Leia, Princess of Alderaan. I look at it, I go, that's just that's from start to finish. I enjoy that so much. Yeah. So yeah. Much. Yeah. I think that's oh, a great answer. Levi, what are you doing? <laughs> Final one, and it's a big one. Not just literal, but figurative. Alden Diaz. We love Alden. He says, the stories uh, the original trilogy drew from are legendary works. Westerns like The Searchers, the Samurai films, the Kurosawa, Arthurian myth, etc. With that said, I think a lot of the strength of the sequels and a lot of the criticisms thrown at them, fair and unfair alike, stem from the fact that the great legend they're drawing from is Star Wars. The saga became its own self-perpetuating influence machine. Sure, the original influences uh, trickled down, but the myths in the childhoods of Abrams, Johnson, Favreau, Filoni are New Hope, Empire, and Jedi. And while I love these new films, I can see why the fabric is inherently different. Do you think we'll eventually hit Star Wars properties that feel completely different as the prequels and sequels get older and the superhero internet generation become filmmakers? And do you think it's important that every single Star Wars property to consider for every single Star Wars property consider the original trilogy as we move into the future? Uh, Alden, you just want to come on the show because <laughs> it was great. I, I we've talked about this, so I've thought about this, but I yeah. never in, in such a focused light until Alden, Alden wrote this question. I look at Saturday Night Live, which was a 
counterculture, countercultural smash at television in yeah. 75. And it was like, we're breaking down the walls and they let us, the, revo- the revolution will be televised. And this, and then now Saturday Night Live is it's, is what it used to parody. And that's not bad. This isn't a SNL sucks thing. This is people for, we're at season 45. There's 25 year olds on the show. Yeah. And they didn't experience it in that way. They experienced it as that fun thing you watched on Saturday night and you laughed and joked and you talked about with your friends. It's called the pinnacle of comedy entertainment. Yes, yes. As I did too. And it, and I always talk about how we even know, we even know now, well, Monday's pitch day, Tuesday's the right day. And Wednesday do table read. Like it's become this thing that's far forever change and you can no longer judge it as you did in 75 when yeah. Belushi and Aykroyd and everyone were like they gave us a show um <laughs> and, and Lauren Michaels was a comedy writer you know wrote for Lily Tomlin like I got a show yeah <laughs> uh you cannot look at them in the same way and we always say unless George is writing it it's all fan fiction it's just the level so I yeah I think there's a lot of truth in this all these people look at other things as well yeah into there but yeah you're you're trying to keep it in line with what came before yeah with what came before made you yeah and this is what we're talking about at the top of the show with yeah. questioning whether what, what is Lucasfilm planning right because these are the big questions yes. going yeah. forward for me I think what is fascinating about the sequel trilogy is that I think yes it is looking back on Star Wars as its own myth. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really on purpose. You go Mm -hmm. back to some of those early interviews with J.J. Abrams, and he says, oh, Star Wars, I was not sure. Mm -hmm. And then they, uh, someone mentioned the idea of Luke is a myth in Galaxy. Yeah. When Ray gets to Luke Skywalker, I thought he was a myth. Yeah. And that's what ignited J.J. Abrams. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes the sequel trilogy personal. Because it is... Hey, I went through this. I grew up with the cultural debris of Star Wars all around me. Mm-hmm. What would it be like if you were a kid like Ray and you literally grew up scavenging the debris yeah. of the original trilogy? And I think that's what makes it personal for Abrams. I think it's part of what made it personal for mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Johnson that that's what this trilogy is about. It's a, is uh, Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained said on in a panel at Dragon Con the sequel trilogy is about legacy. Mm. It's about mm-hmm. this which is why we're spending time with the legacy characters wrestling with passing things on. We're wrestling with kids growing up you know surrounded by the myth of yeah. Han Solo who you know hero and war hero maybe according to Chewie's shrug uh yeah so I think that's what's really great Mm -hmm. about them is they have this little bit of meta reality to them that the characters and the creators are wrestling with the shadows of the past yep so I think that's great but then I think that's why I think all all of Alden's great on-point questions are the questions that Lucasfilm is and I think probably should be Mm -hmm. asking yeah. Of, okay, well, how much Star Wars is rooted in nostalgia? Mm-hmm. The first lines are a long time ago, right? Yep. Uh, Obi Wan in the first movies. That's a name I've not heard in a long time. It's got nostalgia in its veins. So does it have to? Yeah. When you start going fresh in the, in the movies in 2022, do, do you want to really emphasize that? Always something new, always something exciting and surprising. A, a monster, a planet you never could have imagined, and just you go all in on new. And then does it suddenly not feel like Star Wars? Yeah. Or is it everybody's always looking at the blueprint of a new hope and it feels creaky and old? Yeah. And how do you find the happy 
a happy me- how do you find balance how do you find balance <laughs> right and yeah. I, I think that's really really the challenge mm-hmm. last thing i wanted to say your, your saturday night live thing is is really great one of the best experiences I ever had at a convention, mm-hmm. uh, I went to see a panel by the comic book writer Marv Wolfman. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was a kid, he wrote my favorite uh, comic book, the thing that hooked me on superheroes, Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was a, mm-hmm. kind of groundbreaking at the time. And he, it, this is a while ago, and he was always, already a little bit of a crusty old, <laughs> old dude, right? And he was talking about how uh, new writers always ask him for like his blessing on what they're doing with the Teen Titans. And he's like... I don't know what to say to them. The reason I started writing comics is I read them when I was a kid and I thought Green Lantern was awesome. But then an issue would come along and I'd be like, that's dumb. That's not what I'd have Green Lantern to do. And I became a writer so I could get (laughs) Green Lantern to do the things that I wanted him to do when I was a kid. And that stuck with me for this was over a decade ago now. That stuck with me of like, you Mm. do have to bring something of the like. The reason I want to play in the sandbox is because I want to build a castle that nobody ever did before. Right. Mm. You know, and that you, you do need that breath of fresh air or it does start to just become a faded copy of itself. Uh, a, a sitcom in its ninth season. Just yeah. The, and again, and I would argue like Ryan comes in and goes, let me try to do something different. I'm that little boy with the broom, what he said, and, and the definition of hero. And, and yeah, it's a delicate balance. Yeah. And, and we are in uncharted territory. Yeah. Come 2020. Yeah. Not in knockout Disney plus stuff, but even the project luminous, all those kind of things where it's like, well, we're trying to see what's out there. Out there. You know, you guys say you want that. Yeah. You're tired of the old characters all the time. Right. But I don't know. I don't know if you are. We're going to find out. Yeah, I think that's what's so what great about Last Jedi is it's it's pushing at what what is important in Star Wars. Yeah. And I think by the end it goes, hey, I think these collection yeah. of ideas are important to Star Wars. So it's not yeah. just throwing them out. It's testing them, yeah. which is appropriate. But 2022, who knows? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Oh, that's a great question. Levi, great question. Uh, Dean, Ellie, great questions as well. Great question. You all get stars here. <laughs> Superstar to star. We are on our way out. This supersized edition. I mean, all right, we know the show. We, we've been had a lot of fun really diving in. This one, uh, we, we appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, Joseph and I used to always say, we record an episode and be like, ah, was that too long? No one's ever tweeted that. They've yeah. only tweeted, it's too short. But we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we might have broken that you one. You might have broken that one. Maybe. Now, uh, here we are. So you want to join the conversation or reach out to us, you can do so on Twitter, following us at Force Center Pod. Like our Facebook page. Website is uh, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. It's still up. We are in the process of changing. It's actually happened. Uh, that's going to be going. Uh, podcasts available a lot of places, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Star Wars Ranks, Episodes, and other things are on YouTube. We are on patreon.com slash Force Center if you want to support and keep the show going and growing. And Joseph, we got a feature plug for our T Public page. That is right. We got merch at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. We decided to highlight some of the different designs we've had up for a while so you can get these on uh, t shirts and tote bags and all that. And this week we are featuring the I Heart Murder Bears t-shirt with some lovely Ewok artwork. Uh, we, we've seen some random people out and about in the world on the internet yeah. with it and realized I don't think they even know <laughs> our podcast. They just heart murder bears. So if you heart murder bears, go check that out at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. We've got our own stuff going on. You can follow me at catnapsack.com for information on books, shows, and comedy appearances. Joseph? Yeah. So a uh, quick plug for a special episode of Four Center we put out on right. Sunday uh, at Dragon Con. I recorded a fun panel called How to Live Like a Jedi, uh, wrestling with some of these deeper things of 
what what is the light side how do you make good choices it's got hal lublin a comedian in front of the show and alex and molly damon from star wars explained so check that out uh you can also check out my podcast obsessed uh the next couple weeks have got some friends of the podcast uh, drina ariano is on the current episode and coming up next week uh grace your yeah. partner, Ken, yeah. will be on to talk about the television show Ghost Adventures. You can check out all of that on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Oh, yeah. Get obsessed with Joseph Scrimshaw. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time. May you all find balance today. This was Force Center. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.